Welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast that does, I think what it says in the tin, it's best film ever. My name is Ian. And I'm Liam. And I'm Ethan. And that's it. We got ourselves a boys, boys night. Boys night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. <clears throat> Girls are away with various things. Yeah. Yeah. George is doing her very, uh, very time consuming other job. Yes. And I think Ellie's off. Uh, at a wedding. At a wedding, yes. N- not hers. No. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not hers. None those, of us. All those guys out there, just hearts broke. <laughs> only only Georgia got an invite to the wedding. Can you believe that? <laughs> so uh, that's what we have today. So it's just uh, it's just the ugly three, I suppose. <laughs> three stooges. Hey, I'll take that. It's fitting for this film, to be fair. Uh, it's, yeah. it's a bit of a boys film, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, let's talk about all around the world. You got to spread the word. Let's talk about it a little bit. Uh, we charted this week in... United States of America, Yay. in Canada, Canada, in Spain, in Brazil, Denmark, Italy, Switzerland, number 24, Brilliant. Saudi Arabia, South Africa, India, Israel, the Ukraine, Taiwan, number 36 in Singapore, number 59 in Nigeria, number 39 in Pakistan, number 38 wow. in the Czech Republic, number 14 in Malaysia, number 37 here at home in the UK, and Yay. thanks for leaving the light on. Number four in Sierra, Sierra Leone. Yeah, baby. There we go. <laughs> so thank you very much as we Love enter it. episode 71, The Rock. The Rock. rock. The Rock. I'm going to come at you like a rock if you look at your phone one more time. Huh? <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm just you know put it away. Um, so other things, some other things that we put away this week. We put away last week a review of Citizen Kane. We did. Um, so that was, I think, important viewing for. We're going to review um, Mank for yep. Friday's episode, but we're doing a back to back. By that point, the girls will be back. They will. Yep. So the wedding couldn't have taken, I guess, because they'll be back. For the, <laughs> <laughs> the second option. Uh, so we're, I'm glad we watched this and came before watching Mank. Me too. Um, Gave you a bit of an insight, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking of insight, we had a little bit of extra insight on Friends in the friends. in the Friends reunion special Ooh. that we uh, see it or skip it. You went, oh, like you weren't on it. You were on this. <laughs> no, I know. I know. Um, and then we also, uh, we got Mank coming up, like I said, coming out on Friday with an interview with Sean Prasad as part we of it. Do. And then, well, depending on how it goes, I anticipate we'll release the bits about Mank with Mank and then we'll release the whole interview by itself on like the following Friday or something like that. Okay. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, Liam, you did a guest spot on how not to summon a podcast. I did. Yeah. Detective Ooh. Pikachu. We, yeah. I started it. 
Yeah, all right. Okay. It's like two hours and something. I, I know I'm saying this here on two hours, but I have like no knowledge of Detective Pikachu, or so it's, it's it's a hard access point for me in that point. But if you are, if you saw Detective Pikachu in all its Ryan Reynolds glory, why don't you go ahead and check that out? They're a little bit more blue than we are. I'll say it one more time. I'll say that one more time. Do not be excited in best film ever. The anime spinoff. It's it's there's elements that feel a little familiar, but there's elements which are definitely a little bit more colorful. Oh, a great bunch of guys. And that color is blue. <coughs> I'll have to give that a listen because I, I adore Pokemon. Yeah, no, it's, it, was a, it, was a, it was an interesting watch. <laughs> Speaking of things you'll have to ever listen to, I did a guest spot on Thief's Monthly Movie Loot, probably coming out around the middle of the month. We talked about summer blockbuster movies, what makes good blockbuster, yeah. best blockbusters of all time, all that sort of malarkey. So that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Back to a lot of fun. I guess we released an episode on the Friends Reunion special, and I put out a poll. Ooh. Ooh. Yes, I'm wondering if I remember which button this is now. I believe the results are in. Oh, that's the right one. Hey, there we go. Hey. Well so uh, I asked about each member of the uh, each member of the BFE panel here. If we were a friend, which friend would we be? Mm-hmm. And we we sort of went around the table and sort of cast ourselves. Now I put the poll up before we released the episode, oh. so we don't have any influence yeah. on the end result. So let's start with Ellie, shall we? Yeah. yeah. Who we said was more like Monica than mm-hmm. anybody yeah. else, uh, which she very much <laughs> embraced. She did. <laughs> which is what Monica would do. Yeah. Um, the audience, 54.5% said Monica. Yay. 36.4% Rachel and uh, one vote for Judy Geller by Lestat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lee, you're, you're a funny guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Georgia, who we said... We felt she was the Phoebe of the group. We did. 61.5% Phoebe. Yay! 30.8% Monica. Rachel, 7.7%. And a write-in vote for Jack Geller by Lestat. <laughs> now, I'm going to say this. Dude, I love you. This is the same. I'm trying to watch my language, so I'm not colorful. Who said he wasn't a troll last week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I'm just saying, if it lives under bridges and calls people the Geller parents, it might be a troll. <laughs> Thanks for listening to that. Yeah, um, we love you, dude. Ethan, we said, well, we, you weren't sure about this one. Yeah, I went more Joey. You went more Joey, but I kind of no, went. Joey. Wait, no, I think I went more Ross. We kind of thought you were Chandler. You yeah. said kind of Ross. You had the closest of anybody. Oh. Yeah, so I'll go in reverse order here. Uh, Lestat thought Mike, and I was like, fair enough. Mike, I'll yeah, give you that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, I'll accept that. Mike's, yeah, so he he yeah. he ditched his troll going ways <laughs> for a moment and said Mike. Uh, Carlo thought a bit of Ross and Monica put into one. Ooh. So he ended up voting Ross. So Ross got 18.2% of the vote. Wow. Joey, 27.3% of the vote. But Chandler was the number one at 36.4%. Wow, that's oh, so not overwhelmingly so, but I think, I, I think it speaks to a, who we think we are yeah. is maybe who we were coming across as. So maybe we're, you know, we have a little bit of self-knowledge. Yeah. Uh, Liam, let's talk about you. Ooh. <clears throat> It's all about me. It is. <laughs> it's all about me on this planet. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, to the, welcome to the Liam show. Uh, so we thought you, we thought you were Joey. Yeah. 
Yeah. You just no, you weren't really on board with that. You were kind of like, I think I'm I'm a bit maybe a bit Rachel. You I'm said. a bit Rachel, yeah. But fifty three point eight percent of the votes said Joey. Joey. I'm I'm good with that. Yeah. Twenty three point one percent Ross. I'm like, have they listened to the podcast? I don't uh, know how that comes across. I am not Ross. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. Have you ever come across this is especially I'm trying to think of what traits you we might associate with, with with Ross. Not really one to correct people or tell them when they're wrong. Do you like dinosaurs? How, how sad no. have you been at any point? Well, you did say you were really into dinosaurs, didn't you, for Jurassic Park? Was that you? No. Or was that me? <laughs> <laughs> it's all about me. <laughs> it's all about Ian. 15.4% uh, Chandler and a write-in for Rachel from Lestat. Oh, there see, you go. And he, he said knows. he'll die on that hill. Lestat dies on a lot of hills, as do you, Ethan. I'll tell you oh, what, yeah. He, yeah. you know, he's, he's, he's not wrong. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not saying he is wrong. Yeah, uh, yeah. If I had to choose one, I would choose Joey. If I had to choose two, my second vote would be Rachel. Okay. So there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 53.8%. And then finally myself, and I kind of went in my younger years, I'd be Chandler. Uh-huh. But I feel that now I'm Ross. 61.5% <laughs> of the audience, Ross. Well done. 30.8% Chandler. No other votes. Wow. <laughs> so no one was going Joey with me. One person did write in, and I'm like, oh, what's the write-in? And they talked about how they call themselves a Ross. And I was like, that's not really what... We were doing here. No. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, I think it's more like 70-30 or something like that. So yeah, it seems like uh, Georgia and I are the most singularly kind of over 60% went. It's, it, you're, you're obviously his character. Yeah, yeah, so that was a lot of fun. So thanks, everybody, who participated in that. Yeah, that was a good thank time. you very much. Um, I like that Lestat feared you that he didn't do a write-in joke for you. He didn't, no. <laughs> uh, speaking of ways you can chip in, though, and join in more, we've got uh, a couple of more opportunities here. We've got the Real Roundtable request, Tom Cruise Films. Tom Cruise, Get yeah. your top five Tom Cruise Films in. Some people have already got, I've got like well over like a dozen or 15 sort of entries already. I'm really impressed. Yeah. Um, I'll say this much. It led me to check out a film that is definitely on my list now. I won't say which one it was. Ooh. You and I spoke a little bit off oh, mic oh, earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loved it. Loved oh, okay. it. And there's another one that's popped up a lot, which I have to watch. So I won't say what that is I on my Maybe mic. I need to give them a watch because I haven't seen them. Which, which, which ones? The one we were talking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah, maybe yeah. it'll have to be a thing. Because I definitely mm-hmm. want to see this one before... Uh, before I've, I've seen quite a few. And a couple are like, maybe it'll make my list. A couple are like, no, it's not making my list. But but this one I saw, definitely. De- and high. High on the list. So there is that. So if you want to get involved in the conversation, uh, please rank yours from one to five. Put hashtag BFE top five. If you don't put on the hashtag and I miss you, that's not on me. Yeah. Twitter's a big place. <laughs> hashtag night and day. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you, you know me and my love of Cameron Diaz. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> um, you can't oh, mask it. No, I can't. Oh. <laughs> uh, we've got the... Uh, the BFE mail call. And I've heard from Russell the Posty. He's going to go ahead and give us the thumb. He's going to go ahead and record a little thing for us. Oh, good oh, lad. I've got a little sound file I'm going I'm to put over it. And Ethan's going to host that one, we've decided. Yeah, I'm looking nice. forward to that. So you're the one responsible for tro- for trolling. That's not you, Lestat. Trolling yeah. the internet, looking for stuff. Yeah, I've got uh, most of our questions already lined up. We've got some good questions. We, do. we have some really like off-the-wall ones, which yeah. I like. So like, a lot of them are movie-related. That's fine. But we do have some which are just like food-related or music-related or all like just like the kind I love, of I love off the wall. The more off the wall, yeah, I love them. The, the better because Absolutely. it gives you an idea of who we are. Just outside, we love talking movies, and I'll talk yeah. movies. You want yeah, more yeah. information about my movies? Don't you go. Want to talk movies? We'll talk movies. Just don't go. <laughs> What's your favorite movie? Because I'm like, yeah, yeah, we no. don't want to give away kind <laughs> no, of no, what no. might be coming down the pipe. <laughs> but but outside of that, you got a specific 
specific question about a specific film or a director or anything like that, go ahead and uh, give us a shout. Uh, the hashtags for those is you can either use hashtag BFE mail call or hashtag ask BFE. Either of those will get you on the sort of list. And we're going to try. I don't know when. Right now, I'm thinking we'll release early July. I might bump it up. I might find a special three days aren't enough for us. We'll do a fourth. I don't know. We'll find something. <laughs> it should be easy. And I am here to interrupt our regularly scheduled, I guess, introductory segment. Uh, just to say to everybody, uh, we are actually going to push this forward. The mailbag will be open. We are going to go ahead and, and, and tackle all of that lovely user-generated content next week we'll record on sunday so when we get to the end of the episode and you find out what film we're doing next we will also be that same evening doing the mailbag it'll be a separate download probably out the friday following so probably about 10 days away as you hear this from the mailbag dropping so this is your last shout to get your questions in that's hashtag ask bfe hashtag uh, BFE mail call. Either of those will get you on the list. Uh, if you ask it without putting those questions in, there's no guarantee Ethan, who's going to host that, is going to necessarily uh, get that question to us. So make it easy for him. Let him know. We are dying to hear your questions as off the wall as they may get or as straight laced about film as you may want. So go ahead and get that to us. I'll now return you to your regularly scheduled BFE. <laughs> We'll find something. <laughs> it should be easy. And I'm going to ask Ethan to edit that one as well. Oh, so there we go. Speaking of things that, that Ethan edits, we do have uh, Keeping It Low Key. We'll be yeah. back, uh, I guess, when you hear this, it'll be this coming Sunday. Yeah, I'm very excited. Superhero Sunday. So yeah. Wednesday, the, the episode drops on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, so, then, so we've got a, a decent amount of time to, to record and edit that one. Yeah, as opposed to our old sort of system where yeah. it, it was always the weekend, too, which was always a bit rough was, trying to figure out there time. There points where it was like the day of release, and I'm like, ah. Midnight. <laughs> yeah, probably need to need to do this. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, also, we recorded on our Facebook page a BFE trivia night. Well, really, BFE trivia day uh, number two, trivia harder or quiz harder or whatever it was I called it, and it was a harder version of the quiz. Uh, Liam, you you did yours, and out of the twenty eight first four rounds. Out of 28, you got 10. I did. So we're going to release that as a bonus episode at some point. Just I'll drop it. And it'll be there for people to go ahead and play along at home. Uh, How would you have done? Would you have beaten Liam? Would you have beaten our panel of contestants? Did Danny from It's a Musical retain his crown as the reigning, defending BFE Trivia Night champion? Head of the table. Head of the table. Didn't you um, say that in round one, I got one? In round two, I got two. In round three, I got three. In round four? Four. I got yeah. four. So if we, if, if we kept playing, you would have caught up. That's oh, what, oh, no, I would have been doing well. So I just need to... By round ten, I would have been boom. Well, we do out of seven. But by round seven, oh, okay. you'd have been like just nailing that. So there we go. I like to work in sequence. That was a lot of fun. And uh, we've got Friends of the Podcast. Uh, we got Debbie is on that episode. We've got yeah. Danny defending his crown. We've got Ed from the Film Effect podcast. We've got Alex from Main Street Finance. And Julene from It Goes Down in the PM. Hey, Julene. So I don't know if... Uh, if any losers were guilty of doing hashtag wine o'clock, but uh, we'll see how that goes. So uh, let's go ahead and hit this button here. There's a mistake I think I made. I'm not actually sure I made any mistakes. I just sort of hit it as the introduction <laughs> to, to the reflections and corrections. We'll see if there are some. Okay. Uh, cool. Talking about Citizen Kane, a lot of people used us as their barometer for... It's, it's downloaded well. It's, it's, it's done quite well. I'm really quite happy with it. Good, good. As far as numbers go, we don't do it for the numbers, but we do look no. at it to see what the audience seems to like, and yeah. it's done okay. I'm quite happy with it. 
a lot of people kind of went, thank you for watching it. You've now given me an idea about whether I want to watch it or not. So oh, that's cool. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is kind of because we were sitting here going, we probably we, wouldn't have watched yeah, it if we, it wasn't for, for the chance to interview Sean about was it, Mank. Was it, on our, was it on our poster? It might, it might be. It might be. Right? It, w- it wouldn't have been one I would have been dying to go watch. No. I can't imagine it's not on the poster. It has to be. It has it? to be. Yeah. I've been doing it in education for like film and education for years, and I've put it off since like 2016. It's, it's just one of those ones you hear about and you go, D- is this something I really want to watch? Mm. Because it's so, okay, it's old, and people kind of know the word rosebud and yada, yada, yada. And like, I don't really know if I have this in me. And I- I'm glad this sort of pushed me to go ahead and watch that. Same. Chance Widmore said, I've avoided this movie for years. I'm not sure why. A reason to watch. Thanks for the shout out. Thank you, Chance. He's always mm-hmm. given us love on, especially on those Follow Fridays. On oh, Twitter. thank you. Uh, Alex from Main Street Finance said something very similar, as did the Ratchet Book Club. Friend of the podcast. Dwayne Smith. You've got to wait for me. It's an echo. <laughs> oh, no. It's a call. And, okay, that's it. You're fired. <laughs> Liam. <laughs> Friend of the podcast. I'm back in. Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. Remember, it's about musicality, not just about volume. Said, very <laughs> interested. Smith. Said, very interested to listen to this one. I haven't watched it, so looking forward to hearing the group's take on it. Film Flogger said, this would be Ben, I've unintentionally avoided it to this point, but it's about time I found out who Rosebud is. Yeah. Go ahead and find that out. Yes. Dan Mackeltz. Uh, from You Gotta See This says, thank you for continuing to watch review uh, movies I have no intention of seeing because I feel like I kind of got the gist now. Appreciate it. And then a couple hours later responded, I've just been informed this is on the list of You Gotta See This future episodes. (laughs) (laughs) I I look forward to hearing Dan's take on it. (laughs) Uh, Carlo forgot to share his thoughts on the film and I really was expecting Carlo would because Carlo is, I think somewhat adjacent to my own perspective on film. He's a bit more of that nerdy film, like Ethan as well, but like yeah. a bit of nerdy film guy, whereas mm-hmm. a lot of our podcasts probably more, more towards your sort of fandom of oh, film. Okay. Yep, yep. So I was just in Carlo, and he, he shared a gif of Citizen Kane breaking the room at the end of the movie. That's <laughs> so awkward. Um, and, and Hermes also wished he'd, he'd remember to, 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 to give some feedback, but Carlo did. And he said he's a fan of the opening newsreel, thought he did a perfect job of giving exposition without feeling forced. I think in hindsight, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. It's, I'm glad it's there. Uh, he laughed at your reaction, Liam, to my comment about Kane collecting his wives if their collections are possessions. <laughs> uh, he said, "I could see the light come up above his head over here in Puerto Rico <laughs> <laughs> with the quote penny drop there." <laughs> it did, yeah. And he really loved the wink, wink fireplace. <laughs> That's our, it's our random word. It is. Keep your eyes peeled for William Randolph Hearst's fireplace in Mank. We'll talk about that on the next one. Mm-hmm. And so he's seen it several times. Watching January, Kaji to prep himself for Mank, saw it twice, once straight, and then with Ebert's commentary, and was reminded how great it was. Not just because it was made by a 25-year-old rookie that broke ground in terms of camera usage, cinematography, narrative, and whatnot, but also because it's such a damn good story, which he finds to be both engaging as fun, as well as thematically deep and thought-provoking. Oh. I was pleasantly surprised to see all of you Regardless of the final grade, engage in the discussion, especially, I think it's Georgia, he says. I've omitted the word. I think he said especially Georgia. Mm-hmm. To me, it's a five out of five easily. As usual, great episode, guys. Thank you. Uh, hindsight Movie Reviews. Uh, talking about us, we've guessed it on. It goes down in the PM. Yep. said, uh, yo, it's been a while since I heard a conversation this nuanced about race. The vulnerability and the open nature of the conversation made it an absolute joy to hear. I look forward to checking out BFE going forward. Excellent episode. And I, wow. I don't think we're necessarily no. trying to do the super nuanced no. thing as far as just, let's just have an honest conversation. Yeah, Maybe that's yeah. the vulnerability. And we just went, here's the things that we don't have to think about. Yep. And that's okay. Yeah. It's okay for us to express that. I've never had to think about this and I need to think more about it going forward. So I uh, thank you, Hindsight Movie Reviews, yeah, for... I, I saw that, and I was like, huh. 
Yeah. That was really cool. That's a really cool thing. I mean, this, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. This, I love your pod, which is always great. Yeah. But seeing that, I was like, oh, that's, yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I feel good in my soul. So thank you for <laughs> yeah, that. That's one of them feelings, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, the film, uh, Effect Podcast gave us some love, uh, called us Lords and Ladies. Um, uh, uh, they said definitely something every film lover should watch, even if it's just a weigh in on whether it's uh, any good or not. Um, the McGregor movie talk completely agreed. Uh, we found out the boy who played the kid in About a Boy was not from Finding Neverland or from Charlie's Heart Factory, which I said two seconds after I went, I'm not sure about About a Boy. He did, he did. I'm sure about the other two. But uh, so there, I'll, I'll, I'll count my earlier, there's a mistake yeah, sort of song are. for yeah, that yeah. one. Uh, even the score said my wife and I are watching the AFI top 100 movies of all time and we hit Citizen Kane from the first 10 minutes having never seen the movie before my wife wonders aloud maybe Rosebud is bleep the correct answer oh. uh, blew my mind looking forward to the episode and uh, that is really about that except for Carlo one more time about zip drives they were not the same size as a standard floppy disk I got that one wrong so oh, okay. there's a mistake Oh, my back's getting sore from carrying you. <laughs> no. Uh, hey, just, you do carry me, and I understand No, bless that. you, bless you. Uh, no, and keep it up, man. It just means if, if, you're, if you're commenting, it means you're listening. So go ahead, yeah, bring exactly, them forward. Yeah. Love to hear it. Uh, shout out to McGregor Movie Talk. Uh, their host is also named Ian, therefore he's a fan of the Ian is always right hashtag. Of course you are. <laughs> uh, Hermes called us our favorite group, uh, their favorite group of fellow cinephiles, but he's tired of waiting for the mailbag episode. As we said, it, oh, it, yeah, it, it yeah. may be a bit we're just really we're really lucky to have the interview with sean and i don't know what that'll look like so uh it may move things up it may not Uh, Mm -hmm. as always shouts to julene for everything she does yes thank you uh salt and burn this pop which is a supernatural review podcast i've never watched supernatural yeah oh the show show, yeah I need to listen to that because I used to I used to love Supernatural. Okay, so that would be salt I've and got, burn yeah. this pot. I've got a lot of friends that like Supernatural. Do you? Like, yeah, big big time on it. I did until the finale. Oh god, it was terrible. Don't tell me. Don't I'm watch hey, it. Spo- spoilers. I might just yeah, have to watch all like yeah. fourteen seasons of it or yeah. whatever. It's, it's a long runner, isn't it? Stop it is. at season five and you're good. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> like it ends thematically though. Yeah, I think Lost. I'd say the same thing. Uh, season five and then not done. You don't need closure. Trust me. Uh, Dion Sanchez <laughs> says. We're awesome. Well, thank you, Dion. Hey. Uh, Ray from Not Before Coffee. She's fantastic. Brody Sports Talk, the running educator of you. Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. I saw it on Linden Street. Of course, Alex from Main Street Finance. Malice After Midnight for wrecking us up. The So Wizard Podcast. The It's a Musical Podcast. Danny. Hey. And his better part, Drew, who review musicals. And they've accepted our invitation to Ooh. see Moulin Rouge and do a crossover Ooh. if we can all figure out a way to get tickets. That would be great. That would be great. I'm yeah. looking forward to it. Uh, Danny. Mackleton and I talked about the Leafs and the Habs. That's hockey talk for back home. <laughs> the 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 hockey? much more morally correct Montreal Canadiens defeated the Toronto Maple Leafs. Talk about two the most Canadian sounding things. The Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. That's the name. <laughs> Beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's the flag. <laughs> <laughs> the London British and the Yorkshire Tees. <laughs> uh, Film Effect podcast uh, gave us some recs and said I must watch Heat immediately. 
They says it's one of the best films ever. Intentional Eight. puns are fun. It's Thank good. you. It's good. Jay Salahi, uh, he'd be the independent filmmaker of Northwood Pie. Stay tuned next week for a special announcement on that. That's all I'm going to say. Ooh. MCU and me, uh, who I kind of got in a conversation with, Ethan. You'll appreciate this. This is only Liam. Actually, this is, we, we, we were the group who really did the uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier sort we, of thing. We did, yeah. And we talked about, what was her name? Pippi Longstocking. <laughs> oh, uh Oh no! Yeah, the girl from Solar is what yeah, I remember. Yeah, from. and yeah. so they were saying, "Oh, what a great performance she gives!" And I'm like, "You've got to be kidding! Yeah. Me. You have got to." And they said, "Well, what was your main issue?" I said, "Trust me, I don't have enough time." And just sent them the link and went, "Listen to this," and you kind of get our feelings on it. Um, Ethan, Ethan said she's good, and they kind of get back. Well, oh, I hear what you're saying about some elements, of, but do you not? I'm like, no, no, <laughs> no. No, and still no. You got to make me care, and they didn't make me care. No, not, 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 not MCU and me. Yeah, the, yeah. the MCU and me. me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Paul and Griff Show, Film Rage, Hindsight Movie Reviews, Game for a Movie, The Ratchet Book Club. Carlo says I did him a solid with the age thing. I guess he's saying he's older than me. Well, there we go. Fully endorses best film ever doing L.A. Confidential. Easily one of my favorite films ever. Brackets, don't let Liam spoil it. You know, we try. <laughs> we do. See, I'm Ethan sorry. used to be the spoiler, I'm and sorry. that mantle is clearly passed. I won't spoil any more movies. There I just spoil how bad or good the quality Should is. Should do a spin-off show. Should do a spin-off show. The spoilers. <laughs> be a short show, won't it? Just be, insert movie, main plot point. <laughs> yeah. Thanks like, for coming out. It's like <laughs> we didn't start the fire, but instead of like every pop culture reference, it's, just, it's every spoiler. It's just, it's just six minutes of great spoilers. <laughs> um, 50, uh, the new listener TD, who said they listened to the Cheers cleared for takeoff, and it's really good, lads. Georgia, you're one of the lads. Yeah, she always has been Boys. one of the lads. Nice. Boys. Uh, 50 years of music podcast. They're working on season two. Chance is working on season two. And Russell the Posty tweeted out a picture of his t-shirt. Oh, which, if cool. you want the link to, because it's a little bit convoluted, Ethan. I don't know if yeah. we can change that at all. But I've currently got it up on our link tree. So if you go, uh, the link tree, if you go to our Twitter, it's in our bio. But if you go to that link, it's uh, link tree slash best sum of our pod. Our, our, our Teespring link is now on there as well. So He's think, officially our first person to buy a t-shirt. He right? is the first yeah. purchase. There we, there we go. Hey, 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 Mr. Postman. I can confirm yeah. it looks good in blue. Oh, really? It looks it was, really good in blue. It was so cool I was, seeing it on a person. Yeah. I've always just seen it in like the preview when I've been and designing it. You're like, how does that look? Does it look, does yeah. it look right? Is it the right size? And it looks, I'm not going to lie. It looks a little bit, you know, like, it's because it's square in the middle. I'm like, yeah. is that? And you see it on a person. You're like, oh, it works. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it looks really good. So thanks for letting us see that, Russell. Uh, Dwayne you. said he may have to also do the same. Julian says she's going for classic red for that Canadian ah, spirit. Good. Russell says he wears enough red. Yeah, because he he's he a posty. <laughs> and um, I don't know. There was a best director of all time debate. I mean, people asked to Spike Lee in that conversation. I kind of went respectfully. No. no, he might be one of the more important directors in mm-hmm. history, but I don't think he's the best director in history. Although I couldn't name one. It'd be more like a Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. And that sounds like a good topic maybe for a future real roundtable. Yeah, we'll do our yeah. best directors of all time. But on the short, if it was ten, I think David Fincher's making my list. And on that note, we're yeah. doing we're doing Mank. We are for yeah. Friday. So check that yeah. one out. And then finally, a review on Twitter. This time last year, I was looking for a new podcast when I discovered a Back to the Future episode by a certain BFE. Instantly, I loved the concept, the dynamic between Ian and Liam, and I was honored to become a friend of the podcast and declared George is my favorite. It's been a brilliant year, and the podcast has gone from strength to strength. Thanks for everything, guys. You definitely are the best film ever, and that is by friend of the podcast, Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith! <laughs> <laughs> Silly, I moved away from the mic. You, like, lifted your head up. You did. <laughs> 
that was a uh, Dwayne's ears have just gone. We've, what? We've, <laughs> what? we've all got our own unique way of sort of doing this. And if you're so inclined, give us a review. It makes our day. Yes, it does. With that in mind, let's talk about Michael Bay making our day potentially with mm. The Rock. The and Rock. not the professional. Re- a number of people who I said, what are you watching this week? The Rock. Oh, I love him. He's, which one are you doing? Baywatch? No, no, no. The no, film The, the Rock. Rock. And for the record, we are never doing Baywatch on this show. What? Oh, if no. you use your wild card to choose Baywatch, <laughs> I will use my wild card to block your wild card. <laughs> <laughs> I've just made up a rule. You can do that now. <laughs> That's funny. So The Rock, uh, directed by Michael, Michael Bay. Bay. Why this film? It's in 25 years as of Monday. So when this releases yesterday, as we record it tomorrow, wow. 25 years. And can't you tell it's a Michael Bay movie just by the, the visuals? By the quality? <laughs> <laughs> Say what you will. Highest rated, highest rated um Rotten Tomato oh, film wow. of Michael Bay's career. Oh, wow. I, I would have thought, like, Pearl Harbor would be high. No, oh, no, Pearl, Pearl Harbor got destroyed. Oh. <laughs> not, not, not just literally. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sometimes. Hey, t- I like un- Pearl Harbor. Hey, I'm just saying, Ed, unintentional puns are yeah, funny as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so there's that. Speaking of reviews, though, Ethan, mm. uh, I've realized that we haven't declared. So at some point, if you want to look up, you know, the good, the bad, and the ebs. For the, for the reviews. You've got some time. You've got some time. i got time. So, um, who's seen it? I mean, I'd seen it before. Liam? Yeah, I'd seen it, yep. I'd never seen this before. You'd never seen The Rock? No, I avoid Michael Bay movies like The Plague. I didn't realize... This was obviously like the first Michael Bay movie I think I saw. So Same. He wasn't Michael Bay yeah, yet. No. I just think, I grew up in like the year of the Transformers movies and oh, no, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies, which awful if yeah. you've not seen them. So I was expecting like this caliber of product placement and explosions and and did he do crimson tide as well i think he might i really rate crimson tide yeah i do that's the gene hackman one right gene hackman denzel washington yeah yeah. i really rate that one it feels thematically in many ways actually quite similar to to the rock it's just sort of the rock underwater wasn't um sean connery in the hunt for the red october he was Oh, okay. We're yeah. getting further and further away, though, yeah, are, that's, just, yeah. that's just a submarine. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, all yeah. that is. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I just had that in my head, as, I, as you were saying. This was only Michael Bay's second film. When was his first? I think Bad Boys. Wait, he did really? Bad Boys? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've seen a Michael Bay movie of this. So bad Boys is great. So Bad Boys, Armageddon, and Transformers for, are, are all examples of things he's done. I actually yeah. don't mind. I've never seen Bad Boys, actually. Yeah, bad Boys is great. I don't mind Armageddon. I, hadn't, I didn't know he directed Armageddon. No. Uh, oh, I did, yeah. Transformers, yeah. I knew. Uh, and this is the highest rated on Tomatoes, like we said. Uh, you know, there's a certain type of Michael Bay thing that works, and I think maybe this one might be it. Yeah. Cinematography by John Schwartzman, who also did the Armageddon. But how's this for diversity, right? This is as diverse as we are, Liam. Okay, yeah. Armageddon. Mm-hmm. The Founder. Wow, that's yeah. a good movie. Wait, the, yeah, the yeah, Michael yeah. Keaton McDonald's one. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Saving Mr. Banks. Wow. <laughs> and this one's just for you, buddy. Last Christmas. <laughs> Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. He just kept tilting the camera up, and they said, "What if that was like, 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 like a like a phrase in the movie?" <laughs> I mean, I'm really just shouting to my camera. No, I like it. Look up. Look up. Everybody, look, look up. up. <laughs> Everybody out there needs to look up more. You're and gonna miss everything. Score by Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. Which I think some parts of it sounded very Hans Zimmer. Oh right? yeah, yeah. But also, I mean, we've done Hans Zimmer movies in A League of Their Own, Gladiator, The Dark Knight, Hidden Figures over with Julene on her podcast. Yeah. With Nick Glennie Smith and Harry Gregson Williams. I mentioned Harry Gregson Williams because that's the guy from Shrek I kept bringing up. Oh. And he actually, this isn't a misprint, he actually helped with the music for this film. Wow. He's always there. Small world. 
Small world. So Michael Bay, uh, Tony Scott was originally supposed to direct this, but turned oh, it down. See that. Turned it. D- if, if this wasn't Michael Bay, like Tony Scott was my, my Michael Tony, Bay fifteen years yeah, earlier. Yeah, 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 yeah. But turned it down to direct the fan. What I've seen the fan, not good. What, what was he thinking? That's Wesley Snipes and uh, is it De Niro? Let me guess, you're not a fan. Uh. I think it's De Niro. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so The Rock is a 1996 American action thriller directed by Michael Bay, produced by Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer, mm-hmm. written by David Weisberg and Douglas S. Cook. In the film, uh, the Pentagon assigns a team comprising of an FBI chemist and a former SIS captain with a team of Navy SEALs to break into Alcatraz, where a group of rogue U.S. Force recon Marines have seized all the tourists in the island and threatened to launch nerve gas filled with filled in rockets upon San Francisco unless Washington pays $100 million to the next akin of 83 killed while under their command on missions denied to have ever existed by the Pentagon. That sounds so much cooler when you say it like that. Just, just, sorry. Oh, really? Wow, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, more screenwriting drama. We talked about that a fair bit with Citizen Kane, and we'll talk about it with Mank coming up later, but let's talk about this one. Producers Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer read the script for this movie while overseeing post-production on Crimson Tide. Maybe that's it. It's not that Crimson Tide's Michael Bay. Oh, okay. Crimson Tide is Simpson and Bruckheimer. Bruckheimer. There we mm-hmm. go. Jonathan Hensley participated in the writing of the script, which became a subject of a dispute for the Writers Guild of America. We have done a Jonathan Hensley film on this podcast before. Have we? We have. Well, it's no good looking at me. <laughs> hey, Zeus, thanks for helping me out there. Hey, Zeus, oh. do I look Puerto Rican to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, hey, Zeus, Mount Olympus. He did Die Hard of the Vengeance. Did he? Yeah. Oh. Wow. Back when it was called Simon Says or whatever. We yeah, called it, yeah. yeah, Simon Says, yeah. Um, the spec script was reworked by several writers, but other than the original team, but only Mark Rossner was granted official credit by Guild Arbitration. The rule is that the writing team must contribute 50% of the final script, which effectively limits credits to the screenplay's initial authors plus one rewrite team. Despite their work on the script, neither Hensley nor Aaron Sorkin was what? credited in the film. You think of Aaron Sorkin, the American president, these lovely like like turns of phrase, and then yeah. you put it with like The Rock, <laughs> <laughs> which I think most of the best speeches were ad libbed by the actors. I like them speeches. There are some good speeches there in is, this. Yeah, good action movie speeches. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, stir the pot. Yeah, the director Michael Bay wrote an open letter of protest in which he criticized the arbitration procedure as a sham and a travesty, and said Hensley should have ch- had worked closely with him on the movie and should have received screen credit. Another uncredited screenwriter was Quentin Tarantino. No. Yeah, all, all we need is uh, what well, Joss, Joss Whedon. We've got, yeah. we've got, we've got, we've got, all, we've got your BFE bingo card yeah. for screenwriting. Yeah, that's incredible. It, it's it's wild to think everybody who's involved in this. Yeah, yeah. What they're doing now, especially like the quality and caliber. Yeah, I don't mm. know what Jonathan Hensley is doing these days, but yeah, uh, but definitely Aaron Sorkin. And you told me there was a movie that Aaron Sorkin and Quentin Tarantino. I'd be like, ah, oh, I want to see this film. Yeah. You just have, yeah. <laughs> and it has none of their. Like, I didn't see any foot shots. <laughs> it's solid as a. Yeah, uh, uh, Michael Bay turned down the role, the movie, six months prior before saying yes. So the story just wasn't serious enough for me. Uh, let's think about that. Michael Bay said there wasn't enough story for him. Yeah, just huh? saying. Uh-huh. Um, according to Michael Bay, most of the script was written uh, more straight and serious in the final movie, and most of the humorous moments and lines were improvised during filming. And the studio wanted this movie shot in L.A with only a handful of exteriors of Alcatraz and San Fran to complete the illusion. But director Michael Bay refused, telling them, I gotta go shoot on the island because this island is so fucking bitchin'. 
He's not wrong. That, that is the most Michael Bay yeah. thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I, I, I've been there myself, and do you know what that, that bloody well is? That is some merch we need. This yeah. island. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just have that on t-shirts on the island. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> Michael Bay says bitch. Uh, the premiere of the movie was actually held in the prison recreation yard on Alcatraz. That's, that's probably, the, that's well probably cool. the coolest one we've had so far. Yeah, I've been in the, I've been there. That was brilliant. Yeah, you, you've, you've been to Alcatraz. I have, So yeah. there's a couple of times when we were watching the movie where you we were like, oh, that's the, and feel free to chip in. We can talk about that a little bit. Yeah, well, do you know what? It's smaller than you'd imagine. Oh. You know, when you're actually there, it feels very... All these big things are, though. Like, you think about, uh, like, the Statue of Liberty is really small. Yeah. Oh, did you know? Oh, oh, it's really small. Yeah, yeah. Did you know they never actually filled the prison to capacity? Oh, okay. So they always had under under enough prisoners, if you like. So, yeah. Um, yeah, they were never over full. They were never overcrowded. And yeah, and I was only a prison for 29 years, which is unusual for, for a prison. Why did they shut it, you know? Oh, because of the, the sea salt water corroded the prison. Oh, so it was, it was going to become and, less... And, and you think 29 years, 14 attempts to escape, yeah. 13 being the, the most... Um, popular escape that people know of frank morris and the anglin brothers okay so yeah so i mean i got Wait, to a point where 14 not successful 14 no no no, no 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 okay. 14 attempts yeah. yeah 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 uh producers don simpson and jerry bruckheimer decided they were going to dissolve their partnership when this movie finished really Ooh. mainly due to bruckheimer taking issue with simpson's drug abuse problems which yeah. we talked a lot we, about with yeah. days of thunder yeah we did yeah what what simpson was struggling with Mm-hmm. Um, Simpson though died of a drug abuse uh, related heart failure before the movie was released and therefore as we see at the end and the movie's, as soon as they go on a credits it's like bam dedicated yeah. to the memory of so yeah that I mean some great movies back in the day it's really interesting to think of their place in the movie Pantheon because I mean no one's given their stuff Oscars but I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll be I'll be danged if I didn't have a good time watching this film same yeah. and do you, do you realize that you know their um, opening pr- pr- producing signature yep. movie bit yeah. with the lightning. Yep. Yeah. I like how Bruckheimer kept it, but did it different? Yeah, so he's got instead of two lightning bolts, it's yeah, just one, one, and the one hits a tree, and yeah. the tree represents uh, Simpson. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So good. So um, we actually have that dual lightning bolt thing, and what a score. What mm. a score. I love the score. It was something with it. Bum, 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 bum. That's the score, and I love it. I love it. But I, that sort of drives you along, doesn't yeah. it? it really it's like speed. Speed did the same thing. Yeah, it was yeah, a very yeah. basic one, but it just it, it's built tension. Yeah. As I feel, I'm like ooh, because you give them this little bum bum, and you like I know it's coming back. It's bum 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 bum. It's like up like two tones. At times, it felt like like parts of the Caribbean. At moments, yes, it did. It did. So I mean, Hans Zimmer always a win, and knew where the sweet spot was for this film. Absolutely, he didn't need to go all like super orchestral on this one he went i just need to have like this one theme i can come back to and then i can play in certain points with it that's fine but really i'm going to drive this one theme over and over and over again mm-hmm. and we hear falling soldiers on on walkies yeah and we see military color guard and then we get it's really quite nice and then we just got the rock it's all on fire <laughs> <laughs> yeah and we meet uh, and the first character we meet though is general hummel played by ed harris who Great actor. I love Ed Harris. Me too. Who wins all the winning in this? He, he's not all. He's really good. Very yeah. good. Really good. Complicated villain. Oh yes, but is yeah. he a villain? Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, deadly nerve. You you hold people against uh, their will. I know, but I know, but <laughs> for the record, out there, this is my TED talk. Yeah. <laughs> 
Unlike Liam, I feel that kidnapping is bad. It is, a, it is, it is <laughs> kidnapping bad. and bioterrorism. It, it, it is yep. bad, but I, I, I kind of see where he's going. No, I like a villain when you understand why they've been pushed yeah. to where they've been pushed. The best villains are not the ones who come from the evil League of Evil. No, the, the, exactly. The best villains are the ones where you, you don't agree with what they've done, but you understand how they got there. He's the most distinguished guy in service. Yeah. You know, and... That's what you have. <laughs> this film did not... <laughs> Tell you what, like they give you everybody's resume oh, all the they, time in this film because <laughs> they have to really nail it home. I, I do say, like you, you know, if you're really good at something, you shouldn't have to tell me. Other people should should tell me for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this film really believes that they do. They do. <laughs> oh, um, and this is time for the internet. They've all got each other's like like stuff like memorized. <laughs> um, so, uh, producer Don Simpson was largely responsible for creating the critical General Hummel character. Simpson watched a 60 minute segment about U.S. government's refusal to acknowledge soldiers who had died during covert missions and later read Colonel David H. Hackworth's memoirs, where he harshly criticized U.S. planning during the Vietnam War. He combined these elements into Hummel's character and, as Jonathan Hensley described, created a really compelling villain, Mm -hmm. a soldier with a noble end, but unfortunately psychotic means. I don't think go to psychotic. No. But nefarious, absolutely. Like, you know, yeah, it's a good management push too far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, trying, he's doing the right thing in the worst way possible. Yes, exactly. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, this is not the only time that Nicolas Cage and Ed Harris have played hero and villain against each other. Can you name the other film? Oh, I want to say G Force. No, no, no. Way cooler movie than that. I have no idea. Way cooler, cooler than that. Let's say we wanted to go steal the U.S. Constitution. No, he's National a national treasure? treasure. Book of Secrets, the sequel. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, he's in the second one. He's the bad Do guy you know in the second what, one. Right? Yeah. They are not bad movies. No, I, I like the National Treasure movies. Uh, they are good, aren't they? And, and they would be eligible whenever we get talking to Mickey up and up and ready yeah. again. They are eligible films because they are Disney re- releases. They surprised mm. me. Yeah. I, I really did enjoy them. Michael Bay had worked closely with Ed Harris to develop his character as concretely as possible, adding later adding the sympathetic edge to Hummel. Ed Harris is not happy. We have several things in this film. Really? Yeah, one being Michael Bay's preference for tight shots, because he likes to act with his whole body. He's like a hand actor, which I can relate to. I'm a bit of a hand actor myself. And if you come in tight, then I can't use any of that stuff. I can only use my my face. And he didn't want that. He wanted to do more. He wasn't also thrilled with the excessive amounts of coverage Michael Bay shot of his scenes. Direct quote. They shoot you head on. They shoot you from underneath. They shoot you right and left. They shoot you from above. They shoot you on the move. He just loved the camera. He's not wrong though, is he? Michael Bay recalls Ed tested him during a rehearsal by suggesting the actors are the only ones up on the screen, but Michael told them, hey, my name's up there too. He wow. said it was like two dogs sniffing each other out. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what it is. Two it? alpha males. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, back to the film. Uh, we found there's a grave injustice that has to stop. Um, he's in full dress uniform and a gravesite visit to his wife. Says, I miss you so much. There's something I got to do, something I couldn't do while you were here. It's a little expositional, a little cryptic, but good. Yeah. And uh, you get the idea that, yeah, it's it's foreshadowing, but you get the idea that this is a good man. Yeah. I miss you so much. I have to do something I couldn't do while you were here. He's been pushed to this. It's clearly what, and he feels he's compelled to act. Yeah. I didn't suspect he was the villain at all at this point. I did not. Okay. There was a long part where oh no, he is the bad guy. That is the hard part where you're like, yeah, because I'm not imagining watching this for the first time. So yeah, yeah, you had no idea at this point. Okay. I was like, oh, he might be like one of the good guys. I like it, Harris. So we have a a military operation where, uh, did you notice Dr. Cox showed up? Yeah. When I saw his name (laughs) and the credits were like, Oh, two of my favorite actors. I hope they're good people. Yeah. 
Um, Dr. Cox <laughs> and uh, and Westworld's Man in Black yeah. uh, break into the Naval Weapons Depot with their credentials. And meanwhile, their boys are just breaking in. And I'm sorry. Like, this film, I guess later on you see why. But I'm like... They're throwing people like out of like observation towers, yeah. like 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 these dudes are dying. Yeah. Yet later, they're shooting people. I thought it was guns. It turns out it's darts, and we hear like, "Oh, they'll be awake in a couple hours" or something like that. And I'm like, "Wait, is this kind of, they're compassionate?" Because I'm pretty sure someone had their neck snapped yes. in the sequence. I'm so, pretty sure. So, so I'm going. Well, this is awfully inconsistent, as we later find out. There's a reason for that. There is, yeah. But at the time I was going, I'm confused. Yeah. And so they walk into a blue room and take a bunch of things from the blue room (laughs) and some rockets. They do. Uh, One falls on the floor. It's like a little, like, it's like the world's worst Christmas bobble. (laughs) And uh, they call for an evac, and the guy's dead within minutes, and it's proper gross. Oh, that is gross. His Uh, hand is like, oh, it's bubbling. bubbling. It's disgusting. He's covered in like, well, in the in the plague bubos or whatever, like everything's been melted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so there's a bit of that. And meanwhile, the guy outside and like, in like black face paint. Yeah. I thought he looked like the wrestler Gold Dust myself, but that was just me. <laughs> uh, then we go to the. Uh, it's the F- fact that um, David Morris um, stood there and watched him. Yeah, that's the guy who I thought yeah. looked like Gold Dust, yeah. Yeah, it's the fact that he's carried on watching him. It's yeah, because like, he's. Everybody else is ordered to leave. Yeah. But he's going to sit there and he's going to watch his, his. his his I don't know what you call it. Comrade? Them. Comrade, yeah, yeah. His, his fellow serviceman, I guess. Yeah, yeah go yeah. down. Um, and so then we go to the FBI laboratory and we meet Stanley Goodspeed, played by Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <sighs> he is an enigma. He is, he, isn't he? Where do you where do you sit on Nicolas Cage? We haven't done a Nicolas Cage movie before, I don't think. So, oh, we've, we, I guess we did technically, we did Spy, uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, but yeah. he's a small part in that. Yeah. So, like, as a leading man. I, I love his movies. Most of them. Yep. Um... But he's, I always felt like he was slightly miscast, but he kind of makes it work for him. This is in his sweet spot where everything he's doing feels like it's working. Yeah, and he's got that that, that quirky twitch to himself, yep. you know, that he, he does in most of his movies. I mean, there's that great episode of Community where, 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 where Abed breaks his brain trying to figure out if Nicolas Cage is good or not. <laughs> and he comes up like, it's like he just goes full Abed on it and just like breaks himself. Uh, Ethan, thoughts on Nicolas Cage? I can't comprehend because his most recent stuff's kind of good. There's this film Mandy where he goes like full, full Nicolas Cage and it works. He's aware of it now though, yeah. isn't he? When he's aware, yeah. he's really good. And he's, when he steers into it. Yeah, he's yeah. found some really good material for it. Mandy, there's one where he like believes he's Jesus and like there's a guy who follows him and the, it, it's great. I have no idea in this film. <laughs> I'm just like... It's Nicolas Cage. Yeah. I'm having fun. He's the most unlikely man. I wasn't, I wasn't even going for this film, but we can definitely talk. I, mean, this, uh, I don't know. I think he is good in this. I, I think so. Uh, There's very, moments where I'm like too too far. Yeah, too far. I think I think he's good when he's opposite Sean Connery because they work well together. They really sort of bounce off each other. Connery, he's almost like Connery controls him a bit. He does. Yeah, yeah he's on his best behavior when Connery's around. They look Connery. like they're having fun together when he's with um, his fiance in this. Nah, that's no. weird. Yeah. yeah. So he signed up on this movie initially just to work with Simpson and Bruckheimer. He felt their movies had a timely sensibility about them. Sensibility might not be the right word, but they are no. products of their time. They are. Yeah, they yeah, are. Yeah. And they sort of are. I think they do kind of embody the spirit of the age, at least uh, up until this point. Funny. We'd want to be part of that, wouldn't we? 
What, The Rock? No, part of the Bruckheimer Simpson. I'd love the, uh, the, the Rock. It'd yeah, be great. If, you, if, you, if you was in that movie, you'd be like, fuck yeah. Like, like Days of Thunder, The Rock. Yeah, yeah sign me up for any of these. Crimson Tide, yeah. You know, all, all those. Generally about macho power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think <laughs> probably a good reason for a boy's night, but they, yeah. They, there, are, there are a lot of made films where the actors just have fun even if it's terrible and you can see it in their acting that they're just having a good time yeah and it just sounds fun it's a, it's a paycheck it is it's a paycheck it is um people told nicholas cage he could never work in an action blockbuster film because he was too quirky he took that as a challenge uh he said he thought it was both fascinating and sad seeing this shift where many directors were coming out of music videos and commercials to later make films mm-hmm. adrian lynn tony scott and michael bay are examples of such directors wow. cinematographer john schwartzman is one of nicholas cage's cousins Wow. Oh, what are the odds of that? That is that's weird, isn't it? And do you know who his aunt is? His aunt. No. I'm gonna say She was she's in a movie we've done. Oh, is she? Hey Paulie, your sister's oh. with me. No. Talia Shire really? is his aunt. Oh, do you know what? I think in the back of my mind I knew that. Yeah. That's weird, isn't Isn't it? Somehow related to Sophia Coppola. Coppola, yeah. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I think they are. So there's a bunch of links here. Um, So Sean Connery approved of Nicolas Cage changing his character's name from Bill Goodspeed to Stanley Goodspeed. He's better, Stanley. Stanley, yeah. Just Bill. I'm like. Bill is just Bill's just kind of like he's just a guy. Yeah. Bill Stanley's a nerdy name. Yeah. 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 Stanley is a it, it's a Nicholas Cage. Steadfast name, name isn't it? Steadfast. Steadfast yeah. Stanley. Oh yeah. <laughs> my, my name's Bill. Doesn't work because I'm I'm Stanley. Yeah, Stanley. Uh, much of Nicholas Cage's dialogue was ad libbed, uh, including one line that Michael Bay wanted to cut. We'll see if you guys can figure out what line that is as we go through. And Don Simpson died during production, and at oh. first they tried to keep the news from Michael Bay, and Nicholas Cage blew it. Uh, he accidentally broke the news to me. You can see him going, am yeah, I the, and, and then all twitchy. Oh, I, uh, oh, uh. am I the Nicholas Cage of the podcast? <laughs> I don't know. I hope not. Uh, Stanley is great, though. In the not Nicholas Cage, Stanley, because he starts off and he's like in his like little workplace and he's like shooting like this thing with like a like a yeah. pellet gun or BB a little gun type thing, BB, yeah. and, and like cause like all this. Like he, if he was around now, he'd have his own YouTube thing yeah. where like the squirrels it. are like. It was like a real root was like Rube Goldberg machine. Or something like that yeah yeah and so he'd be like the guy making like that glitter bomb that like when people try and nick your stuff it like goes all over them <laughs> yeah. and films you and uploads it to youtube he'd be that guy he would uh he says vinyl is better than cds he's he spent, right he spent yeah, retro records and toys segments brought to you by retro <laughs> records and toys but 600 bucks on a beatles record in 1996 well, it's because he's a beetle maniac he's yeah. a beetle maniac uh, they go into an airtight chamber with suits on, and there's this box with dirty magazines, gas masks, and a booby trap doll. Now, I know the gas mask is here for our purpose. If you're actually trying to convince anybody to like mess around with the doll so that it sets it off, putting the gas mask in is completely counterintuitive. And why would you, and you play away with a doll? You're in there. You got all sewed up. You're all booted. Like right? he, he's a, we're also told he's a trainee. So when yeah. I'm new at the job, you know what I don't do? Stuff like this. Yeah, especially when you know it's going to be dangerous. I don't move unless I'm told to move. Yeah. And they're all told you have to stab yourself in the heart. Stab yourself in the heart. And neither of them will do it. No. Which is really weird. Because I'm yeah. like, you know you're 20 seconds away from death. And he's like, no, I won't do it. 
But he's, uh, but yeah, but if he's new to it, he's he probably. Well, not. Cage doesn't do it. I guess Cage is trying to save the day, but yeah. Yeah, but also, I mean, that was cool. the other guy had um, things on his hands, didn't he? His gloves were starting to yeah. bubble through, yeah. So the water doesn't come out. There's, I think, the cockroaches they've brought in there just to oh, show yeah. how they're going to die. And they just melt. Yeah. And I love that because cockroaches don't die with anything. That's, do they? that's <laughs> the thing. What will survive a nuclear holocaust? Yeah, the yeah. cockroaches, yeah. right? The sprinklers do finally come on, and Goodspeed dismantles the bomb. Um, assistant prop master uh, Skip Crank had to dress up in Nick Cage's costume and acted as his arm and hand double to defuse the prop bombs because Nick Cage was afraid he would destroy him. Skip Crank is a great name. Stan, Skip, Skip Crank. Skip Crank. <laughs> and then we, we cut to a shot of Nicolas Cage naked yeah. with a guitar. That's weird. <laughs> boring Stanley Goodspeed goes home, <laughs> yeah. plays electric guitar naked after defusing bombs. Do you, do you think Nicholas Cage went, this is the quirky part? See, is this <laughs> the ad lib? Nicholas <laughs> Cage and Michael Bay differed as to the reasoning behind the early scene of Goodspeed naked with the guitar. Bay said it's because he knew Cage wanted to show off his body. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> so they decided to just get it out of the way up front. But Cage said he simply wanted to establish that the character was at home. I, I, I'm at home right now. I can tell you. Yeah. I've never once gotten naked and started playing my guitar. <laughs> and, that's not a, no, and, and, and that's not a euphemism either. <laughs> Um, and so uh, she said uh, this is she is Carla Carla's girlfriend comes home so she's had an interesting day he says yeah he did too and I don't blame Cage for talking about himself in the next five minutes because I would too if I just dismantled a bomb exactly after someone was trying to kill me with poison gas I would not stop talking about it no but then <laughs> you she, would you? but then yeah. she says that she's oh it goes on and says oh this is all more proof that we shouldn't bring children into the world a really strange non sequitur but all right yeah. and she goes of course she goes I'm pregnant. <laughs> and then a couple of minutes later, she proposes to him. A uh, like couple of things that Nicholas Cage did himself. Uh, this segment also brought to you by Arthur Records and Toys. Uh, mm. Nicholas Cage had grown frustrated with compact discs in his own life and decided <laughs> to incorporate a love of old fashioned LPs into the character of Stanley Goodspeed. He's not wrong. I'm the same. There we go. I'm exactly the same. Uh, he was out of the curve. At this point, when, I remember when he was saying this, I was like, yeah, right vinyl sounds better it does <laughs> no, i'm not i'm not i'm so, just saying it's 25 years later i'm on board okay i'm on board good lad but but at the time you're like see because cds are really just barely winning the war now cds um because cassettes more- die out really around 92 93 you stop seeing them as much well yeah. they hang on a bit longer they do but as far as like what was the yeah, dominant yeah, yeah. thing that you saw well the, the change over year was 91 so over yeah. here in great britain uh Vinyl outsold CD up until 91, and then after 91, CDs very quickly became more... Yeah, okay. Yeah. That was the thing. Um, and then the other part of Stanley doesn't want kids, and um, directors frequently tell Nicolas Cage his ideas are off the wall and offbeat, <laughs> but Michael Bay and Jerry Bruckheimer encouraged it on this movie because the script wasn't yet finished when Cage signed on. One example was that Nicholas, he let Nicholas decide that Goodspeed should be wary of having kids. Bruckheimer said, no, no, it's too dark and not positive enough. But when they sent the script to Robert Town, one of the million screenwriters for this. Uh, <laughs> they, just have just a, they just have just a segment just yeah. for the screenwriters. <laughs> he agreed with Nicholas Cage. And then we have a tour of Alcatraz, and it gives us all the information we need, and the baddies are there. And uh, Hummel, like, you can tell he's going to be a good guy, because he finds a kid and says, tell your teacher you all need to get back on the boat yeah. now. Yeah. This is when I was still like, nah, he's, he's not the bad guy. He's good. He just knows what's going on. But I'm not being funny. If you're the guy doing the tour, when you turn around and you see these big hench guys, 
They looked intimidating. They're not on part of the tour, are they? No, big guys on the tour. <laughs> well, no, I'm not saying that. But, I mean, they were dressed not to be on a tour, weren't they? They got into fatigues really quickly. Didn't they? Really quickly. Just and they weren't carrying bags. No. <laughs> Uh, and the, the tour guy's like, welcome to Broadway. I loved him. So did I. We're not alone. Ed Harris could not stop laughing at the actor <laughs> playing the tour guide. Ed said, I just had the giggles that day. <laughs> He's yeah. great. And Hubble just goes, tour's over, Bob. <laughs> That's all he could say. <laughs> and someone's going, what kind of fucked up tour is this? <laughs> Do you think they've just given leeway? Just say what you want. Oh, I think it was. We're going to shoot whatever you want. We're going to try a few different shots of it. Go for it. What would you say if you was put in this place? There's a great follow shot of some helicopters and Hummels. As soon as the helicopter shot's done, full military garb. Yeah. He's He's on it. We meet the rock itself, Alcatraz Prison. Most of the film shot on location in the Alcatraz Prison on Alcatraz Island. As it is governed by the National Park Service, it was not possible to close it down. So most of the filming had to accommodate tour parties milling around. That's cool. <laughs> that would have increased tourism. Come Wouldn't see a movie it? being shot. I like Yeah, that. but I mean, could you imagine? I mean, if it's a great setting, isn't it? If you're going to do it about mm. Alcatraz, you have to go. You can't just make that shit up, can you? Well, now, if, if I were to go see, if I were to go to Alcatraz, I mean, it's probably more so for me to check out the stuff in the movie than it is like the history of Alcatraz. Yeah, but all the underground stuff, I don't think that's part of Yeah, but just like the bit where, oh, this is the bit where they come down, and they're like, oh, this is one of the cells. You know, I start just quoting the movie. There is a bit where (laughs) where they're walking on the tour, and they're coming up the hill. um, That I I remember coming up there going, wow, this is amazing. You're directly staring at the water water tower. Yeah. That was amazing. Um, And there's a great power shot as they're coming down the center, and you said it was right in front of the mess hall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the only clock in Alcatraz, only clock in Alcatraz. and it comes down. You got square. Hummel, and he's flanked by his two kind of guys on either side, and he just is like the ultimate. Like with, it's looking like a rock video is what it should be. Like yeah. these, these jail cells. Actually, that's what I want to do now. I'm start a band with the sole purpose, <laughs> just the sole this. purpose of doing like. I mean, you'd have to be like like a Nickelback in order to like like it's that kind of music that gets you yeah. like Alcatraz for your. Yeah, for it's your, not like, gonna be no pop video song, shoot. <laughs> no, it's not gonna be some. It's not gonna be like like like. Um, it's gonna be me, Ed, Ed Sheeran, <laughs> with his like little plucking. You know, no, I, remember, I remember driving like ninety. <laughs> it's not gonna be that, is it? No. Um, and so uh, Hummel calls it a mission, and I love the military Lexus. He's a soldier. He's even using this sort of you know, it's an honor to serve with you. I've, I've served you. He's sort of you know, and you can see that all the way through the movie. Yeah, and even his his men that he's served with. The ones he knows, yeah. I mean, the ones he knows are exactly the same. Uh, so we get then get an introduction to the bad guys with a great speech by Ed Harris, and we find out, like he said, about 60% of them it feels like he's worked with before. Mm-hmm. 40% of them he hasn't. Who was responsible for this other 40%? Exactly. Because I think the screening process needed one more step. <laughs> I, would, I would assume, like, especially with Tony Todd. Someone. Jesus. Maybe, yeah, maybe it was yeah, like I Cox. Like that yeah, like his battalion. That makes sense. Yeah. And then there's a phone call to FBI Director Womack, played by John Spencer. John Spencer, who is uh, famous from the West Wing, really. Oh, uh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, he's great in the West Wing. Oh, okay. He was the, uh, oh, he was the chief, the chief of staff of the president. I think his lay was Neo Magnema, I think. I could be wrong on that. Uh, and we get the FBI meeting, which is tons of exposition. 
I zoned out at this point, so everything you say is going to feel like right. new information for me. Um, <laughs> so we find out that uh, Hummel is here to correct the death of Black Ops members who died and were never given any money, and he like totally blows classified information, and like um, Womack's like, oh, that's classified. I'm like, he's kidnapped 85 yeah. people. That ship has sailed, dude. Yeah, come on. Get with the program. Literally, the kids are on it. Back yeah. to the mainland. <laughs> Um, and then the media is, it says, if the media is alerted, we send the gas. If there is no payment, we send the gas. And the gas is deadly. It'll take out 70,000 people per rocket, not to mention the explosion they'll probably make. Mm. And mm. Uh, they say, look, I know what your countermeasures are. They won't work. And so basically, he's got them. Uh-huh. And they go, well, who's your best chemical man? And we cut to Stanley Goodspeed having sex with his girlfriend on the roof of his apartment to Rocket Man by Elton John. Yeah. I love this entire just idea. Here's the here. Okay, <laughs> here's the problem with this film. Here's the problem with this part of the film. I think, it's the same problem I had with Hitman's Bodyguard. Go ahead and tell me what it is. Is it that he he's supposed to be a certain way and a person, but he's doing these cool things that he's supposed to be boring stanley yeah. good speed and this guy is the biggest rock star yeah. in the fbi it's stupid isn't it? go, oh he's such a nerd what the guy who's who's you know having sex with his girlfriend on top of the roof yeah. to elton john who plays good electric guitar while he's naked, naked and yeah. diffuses bombs and just shrugs it off with cool one-liners didn't come across as nerdy this is your that's the problem i have with the hitman's bodyguard like ryan reynolds was yeah. not boring no, no and they no. wanted him to be boring yeah. they told me he was boring and he wasn't yeah, stanley yeah. Goodspeed's not a boring guy no no, no, no. So that, that that's my issue with this mm. film is this is what you clearly want me to think he is, but everything you're showing me is Nicolas Cage meddling, going, oh, he's really cool, isn't he? Yeah, this is, <laughs> one, this is Nicolas yeah. Cage, isn't it? Oh, and he's into vinyl because yeah. that's so nerdy. Yeah. <laughs> he likes classic records, you know, the Beatles, that band no one likes. He's such <laughs> never went out of fashion like, in the first yeah. place. Yeah. <laughs> just, oh. the, no, the, the context of everything, it's so just the seed itself is funny to me. And it's like peak, it's peak Nicolas Cage. And I love it. Yeah. Um, she, she's even got pigtails. Yeah, oh, oh, no. <laughs> um, and he gets called away and he goes, I, she goes, I'm Catholic. Do you know that? I'm Catholic and unmarried. And Stanley says, look, I will marry you. Um, he, but he wants her to go to San Francisco with him because it's likely just a training exercise. This bugs me, this part, right? She knows his job. She knows that he's this guy works for the government you must know if you work for the government at that level there are going to be times it's not a nine-to-five job i do hear you i would say step one he almost died that day step two you've just told him you're pregnant Mm. so it's not random day x is it oh okay it's not like you're having lasagna no (laughs) (laughs) well he was eating his lasagna and you're like stanley you got called in last time we had lasagna (laughs) (laughs) just because you don't like my lasagna (laughs) that was really nerdy i love that uh I want to see him do it that way. Let's <laughs> <laughs> reshoot the scene. Yeah. Cut to the FBI and Jerry Seinfeld's library cop. That's who, I don't know if anybody's seen Seinfeld. There's an episode where this old guy like tracks him down for overdue like library fines. Right. It was this guy. Oh, was it? <laughs> and he tells us about a guy who can help them and John Spencer. And he have a conversation in the corridor. But it's nothing more of an exposition. He goes, no, you can't take him out. He could help us. He's a professional <laughs> escape artist. And we cross cut all this dialogue with like extreme close ups of like, you know, uh, we live around as Connery, but like his eyes yeah, and then yeah. his hair Long and then hair, the, yeah. the books he reads. It, it's a heck of an introduction. And they even shoot him in silhouette walking down a corridor from underneath. 
Like, lo- like he looks huge. He looks like eight feet tall. Doesn't he? I know <laughs> the guy's underneath, like, to your side looks much smaller. I know Connery is tall anyway, but not that tall. Not I that just tall. was like, was, was Connery like a strong man? And then he just came out. Nice. No, he's just, just Connery. Actually, yeah. he, um, didn't he enter Mr. Universe? He did some bodybuilding. Yeah, yeah. back in the day, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so Womack meets Stanley Goodspeed and he says, tell me about the gas. And uh, Nicholas Cage goes, well, the gas is one of those things we wish we could disinvent. And I'm like, disinvent? Disinvent? Yeah. I don't I'm sit like, well with an English teacher, does it? <laughs> uninvent, I think, is the word yeah. for this. So I punched them both into my Microsoft Word. It gave me the red line for disinvent, but uninvent got through. Ah, there, <laughs> so we, there we go. So there we go. So Stanley Top Goodspeed, if you're supposed to be that much of an academic, what the hell, man? Do you think that was an ad lib? <laughs> If, if uh, the proofs, he's not a nerd. He's not a nerd. No. He's getting his grammar wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Bet you he can't spell lasagna. Lasagna. <laughs> so um, then we meet Ernest Paxton, played by William Forsyth, and he's like the younger guy with the mustache in the FBI. Yeah. Mm. Uh, according to William Forsyth, when he was there three weeks into shooting the movie, they were about to shift locations. He was mistaken for an extra when he was getting a hot dog from the set's catering. <laughs> Forsyth said the employee told him extras weren't allowed food from craft services, and she summoned security, who subsequently said, yeah, he's part of the main cast. <laughs> Forsyth said, I ate my hot dog, but as I'm doing so, I'm thinking two things. The fact that for three weeks in the movie, I was being forbade a hot dog. And secondly, what the hell do they have for the extras today? (laughs) If a hot dog's too good. (laughs) I've done a bit of extra work, right? And every experience I've had doing extras, they let you mingle with the main cast. No, you're separate. Like, but not, not with the TV things I've done over yeah. here. I mean, we've just mingled with the main... main oh, guys. okay. I think it's different. Like, British TV is very different to, like, American... Well, this is a major budget stuff. studio, so actually, you would probably keep them apart because, like, this is their chance to eat, and you don't need some extra going all fanboy or fangirl trying to get autographs oh, okay. and things like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I suppose. But you'd be professional, wouldn't you? I think it's just in their contract. They're in two different locations. Oh, okay. So it's not up to them to keep you apart. It's up to security and stuff to keep you apart. Oh, okay, cool. This is what I would guess. Uh, Michael Bay, however, had a much different dining experience. <laughs> I bet. He recalled the onset catering Alcatraz and eating steak and lobster in rooms where men were taken to their lowest existence. Oh, oh really? my God. So Forsyth's having a hot dog. God knows what the extras get. Yeah. But Bay's having steak and lobster while chilling out in the Alcatraz prison cell. Yeah. They're having porridge. Yeah. Uh, Forsyth yeah, cool. tells us that no one's escaped Alcatraz, but Womack says... One guy did. Yeah. And we meet John Patrick Mason, played by Sean Connery. Okay. Uh, Anyone want to guess who the original choice for this role was? Ooh. Action movie, the only guy who can get you in or get you out. Clint Eastwood. No, no. Really? No, younger than him. I think. Not by much. Younger than him. Um, Think much more at this time, mid-90s. Who's a big action star? Is Bruce Willis a big action star at this point? Really? Uh, not Bruce Willis, no. Oh, no I was um, telling Ethan to get closer to the mic. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I see. Because <laughs> he's, he's looking at you asking the question, and his voice is missing the microphone. And and the noise gate I just worked so hard to put on is like pointless now, because it's, it's, it's like saying, no, you don't get to talk. Then say Sylvester Sloan. No, but good guess, good yeah. guess. So sort of adjacent to that kind of an idea. Oh, okay. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, really? of course, yeah. of course. Oh, I can totally see him going, welcome to the rock. <laughs> yeah. Get down! <laughs> get to the chopper! intro, too, for like the character that he is. Like, if you do that opening sequence with the close-ups and him the yeah. low shot and it's arnold instead i'm like yeah it makes sense 
I can't mm. see it. Oh, really? I totally see it. Do you? I don't. Absolutely. Weird, it? He was offered the role of, I mean, they would have called him something different. John yeah, Patrick yeah, yeah. Mason, but at the time, the script was only 80 pages with a lot of handwriting and scribbles. It didn't <laughs> seem fully baked. Later on a Reddit, Ask Me Anything, he states he regrets not taking the role. Hey, thanks for asking that question, Ethan. Appreciate it. Oh, that. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Michael Bay flew the Concorde to the UK to pitch Sean Connery on the role, but was still nearly late for the meeting. Again, like the most Michael Bay thing you yeah. can do, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Reportedly, uh, Sean Connery accepted the part of Mason after learning Nicolas Cage had been cast as Goodspeed. Wow. Yeah, he really wanted to work. I guess he liked the idea about dynamic. To be fair, they have a great buddy dynamic. They in do, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, they work really well together. Uh, there are several theories that Sean Connery's character is, in fact, James Bond. The, well, a disavowed yeah. version of James Bond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's this is everything I've heard. Like, they just wanted to get it back. Because it. Everything he says harkens back to his early days as Bond as well. It's a bit of a wink and a nod. If, oh, even yeah. if it's not, it's a wink and a nod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so the setting of this movie would have to be 2013 uh, with Sh- John Patrick Mason therefore being 83 years old. I think we can do a little suspension of disbelief because it said he locked him up for 30 years. Yeah, I know. But, but I call, whatever. I call bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Sean Connery insisted the producers built a cabin for him on Alcatraz because he really? didn't want to travel from the mainland to the island every day. So he got what he asked for because okay. he's also a producer of the film. Oh. He got in pretty quickly with that, yeah. I would like to have seen that cabin still there. I don't imagine it is. No, no, it's not. Yeah. But I would have loved to have seen it still there. Sean Connery Sean slept Connery. here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> now they probably would keep that yeah. since he's passed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true too, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. There was a special Los Angeles-based British screenwriting team who were brought in at Connery's request to rewrite his lines, but they ended up changing a lot of the film's dialogue, so add them to the mix of who rewrote this film. You're going to need, like, an immemorial thing that the Oscars have just for every Everybody on this, right? yeah. I suppose with someone having a, a British actor, you have to, there's certain ways he's got to say He's got to sound British, yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there were tensions during shooting between uh, Michael Bay and Walt Disney Studio executives who were supervising the production. On the commentary track for the Criterion Collection DVD, Bay recalls a time when he was preparing to leave a set for a meeting with the executives when he was approached by Sean Connery. Connery was in golfing attire. Connery, who also produced the film, asked Bay where he was going. And when Bay said he had a meeting with the executives, Connery asked if he could join him. Bay said, yeah, why not? And when he arrived at the conference room, the executives' jaws dropped when they saw Connery appear behind him. According to Michael Bay, Connery stood up for Bay, insisted to everybody in the room he was doing a good job and should be left alone. That's great. That's great. What endorsement, eh? <laughs> Sean Connery and Michael Bay. There's a, there's a twosome. There's a movie I want to see. Uh, Connery yeah. says that Michael Bay uh, needed to rehearse more and just slow down in the morning. And Bay took the advice. Oh, Not okay. a bad shout. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Paxton is sent in, the guy with the mustache. Just, he says, they say, don't strong arm Mason. And then he goes in and just does exactly that. Yeah. Uh, and so. I, I didn't like him. And so he goes, The Rock has become a tourist attraction and he's completely in the dark. Mm-hmm. But then he tells us, I've been in jail longer than Nelson Mandela. How do you know that one bit of sort of cultural fact and not the other? Yeah, you. Mm. Yeah, it just seems odd. Just, doesn't a, just it? a weird thing. Yeah, because we didn't really know who Nelson Mandela was until. And granted, he was a super he, spy. You could argue maybe he knew when he went in, but he definitely wouldn't know. But he wasn't out yet. No, yeah. Or or when yeah. he got out. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Or I've been in jail longer than Nelson Mandela. Yeah, he wouldn't know when Nelson went in. Because <laughs> if you went in and he hasn't been arrested yet. What are they doing? Are they giving you updates in jail? Hey, we got your buddy Nelson, too. Like, you, know, you know what I'm saying? 
I just kind of went. And then Paxton tries to strong arm some more. So instead, they send in good speed, which seemed like the stupidest thing in the world. It is really, isn't it? But this is the whole idea. We need to put Nicolas Cage in situations that make him all awkward and twitchy. (laughs) (laughs) They do that, all right. So in this scene, uh, when Goodspeed introduces himself to Mason, John replies, but of course you are. This was exactly the same line he used when he met Peter O'Toole in the casino scene in the Bond movie Diamonds Are Forever. He That's asks cool. for a coffee. They get him a coffee. He wants the handcuffs off. I take the handcuffs off. Uh, he quickly susses out that Nicolas Cage is an educated man and not a field agent, and he wants to go to the Fairmont for a shave, a suit, and a haircut. Well, this haircut's really someone else's idea. And they inform him what grunge is, and he goes, grunge? So I guess that didn't make it to him in jail either. <laughs> no. No. He's not that up to Nirvana, I suppose. The way they make out is like he's been in solitary confinement for yeah, like 30 yeah. years. You yeah. know, like That's exactly what I think happened. Wall for wall. Yeah. He just looks like Saruman from Lord of the Rings at that point with his hair and his beard. <laughs> um, and so they go to the hotel and uh, they instantly, before they do so, try to screw over Mason because uh, um, oh, Womack tears up the documents, up his the, pardon. The contract, yeah. Because that's the deal. We'll give you a pardon if you help us. Now, their idea of what help con- I'm like, what is this? But we'll yeah. talk about that in a second. Yeah. Uh, everyone's told you there's a need to know basis. You don't need to know. Uh, Mason takes the quarter that was left for him by, um, what's his name? They dropped, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the FBI guy with the mustache leaves behind. He carves a little hole in the window and then elbows it and finds that Womack's there. That's funny. And uh, then we go to the hotel and uh, he's having a shower. He's singing, if you're going to San Francisco, be sure to wear some flowers in your hair. It's a great song. Great song. And a good location to sing it. Scott McKenzie. Is it? Yeah. Um. And he steals some string. I don't know what the string's for. It's like soap on a rope or something. I don't know why there's a string there. If you know what this is, folks, let us know. There's just string by the shower. The movie needs it to be there, but what would the reason for it be? I don't know. I assume just because it needed to be. Yeah. Unless it's like a loofah thing. Maybe. Unless um, he's used to having soap on a rope. I don't know. <laughs> and then we meet the stylist, and the stylist is a bad gay stereotype. Uh, isn't it? Yep. It was that 1990s, yeah, isn't it? let's have the flamboyant gay man yeah. enter the room. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying there weren't moments I didn't laugh. Yeah. Not at him. With Not at him because of who he was, yeah. but because of how he acts. Yeah, yeah, I think that'll become mm-hmm. clear what I'm saying here. Uh, we see that he's ordered all the... F- I mean, this guy's so clever. He's ordered all the food. And why does he order all the food? Because it distracts all the FBI agents. Yep. And no one... any uh, Fairmont so was like, like, a, like a four-star hotel. Mm-hmm. And so people are there eating the, uh, the food and not watching him. Uh, he wants... Um, he's getting the, the haircut on the patio. And he looks really good using only clippers. Yeah. He's got a like, super stylish haircut. That's, that's weird. Looks okay. sharp. It does. Very. Um, and then he wants Womack to shake on it, and then he throws him over the edge of the building, hanging over, and is attacked by birds. I'd call bullshit on this. Okay, right? go ahead. You know, throwing him over a building, tying a rope around his wrist, right? That's going to lodge your arm out of our joint, that. That's going to rip your arm. That's going to do something. That's I had the feeling damage. it was winched somewhere else as a third part, and he's just using this. Nah, that was I just- thought it was very similar to what happened with Jean Reno in uh, Mission Impossible. Oh, where he's like, where he's holding the guy's weight, but he's got like a winch point. 
that he's created. No, I'm talking about the guy on the bottom. Oh, the guy at the bottom. Sorry. Yeah, I thought, yeah, yeah. I thought, oh, okay. That had ripped his arm. That would have, have done some damage because he, he just sort of hangs there going. But he's John Mason. He, he knows how to do this. <sighs> That's part of the training you got from Michelle Sayers. <laughs> um, the scene in which he's thrown off the balcony was filmed on location at the Fairmont Hotel in San Francisco. The filming led to numerous calls by, to the hotel by people who saw a man dangling from the balcony. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Mason escapes. Um, it wasn't Robert Van Winkle, was it? <laughs> Mason escapes, and the barber tells him, I don't care about the man you threw over the balcony. All I care about is if you like your haircut, which was <laughs> the part about being so self-obsessed, doesn't care about death, just are you happy with the haircut? Yeah. That was funny. Yeah, 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 I yeah. liked that. It was. Uh, the score at this point is very Pirates of the Caribbean. For it a is. You, you picked up on yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Connery steals a Hummer. He does. They weren't very big back then, were they? No. Well, it's a pretty good <laughs> <laughs> They're not like they are now. They're very you, common now. You couldn't drive that in England. No, no. That was no, a wide that, vehicle. That was, wasn't That it? was the original Hummer. Oh. The, the H2 made him smaller. The original Hummer is big. Well, you know you said Schwarzenegger was supposed to be yep. Mason. Well, Schwarzenegger was the first person or one of the first people to have a Hummer when that came out as a production car. When, when anybody could get one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he still drives around in Hummers. It kind of surprised me that he's got no culture shock after being away for 30 years. Yeah, because I would. You know, he's got everything else figured out. You know, it just <laughs> seems really strange. Um, he steals this, you know, this Hummer, this, this, this guy, he's Europeans, like, you know, don't, you know, not a scratch on my, maybe it's, maybe it's supposed to be an Arnold Schwarzenegger hey. parody. <laughs> makes sense actually <laughs> and so the guy who gets his car stolen from by sean connery is the same guy who gets his car stolen by ed harris in national treasure book of secrets that's oh, that. cool so that's a cool little moment that is yeah uh good speed just commands a ferrari because you know it's what nerdy guys do is they commandeer for and i'll tell you, He's a good driver. And and, yeah. and any car that comes along, he has to pick that one. Yep. That's not a nerdy thing to do, is no, it? No, that has to be. No, he has know, to, the, the flashy if, sports car. If he'd have picked up mm. a Volvo. Yeah. Because he tells us oh, later, okay. oh, I'm boring. I drive a Volvo. You drive a Ferrari <laughs> like a boss in this scene, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Connery's hitting everything. everything. Good speed's hitting nothing. Because he's keeping up a good speed. Uh, wow. One thing I do want to ask, is that, can they do that in America? What, hit other things? No. no. They frown on that. Can they commandeer a vehicle? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can they? Yeah. That's I've never heard that being terrible. a vehicle. No, no, you can, you can, if you're a member of the police force, you can commandeer a vehicle. Wow. I always thought it was just like a Hollywood thing. No, yeah, no, you I can did. commandeer a vehicle if it's Ooh. for the public good. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, you'll have to reimburse them for, oh, yeah, yeah, you can't yeah, yeah. just steal, but you can, you have to pay them what you deem to be fair market value. So, because you imagine, yeah. that's the way you'd go for the, like, lesser car, wouldn't you? <laughs> Absolutely. I got to stop commandeering go for Ferraris. The boss you? is going to have my head. Oh, that's funny. A Ford Focus over there. I'll take yeah. that. <laughs> um, so the Hummer hits everything and just Connor's going, I hope you're insured. <laughs> to be um, fair, if you're hitting everything with a Hummer, you're going through anything, aren't you? I think this car chase is the inspiration for Cage doing God in 60 seconds. I guess like, I like this. Yeah, I want, <laughs> I want to do some more. I want to do more of this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mason misses an old lady and in response sends a streetcar off the rails. Because uh, he's talking to someone on the phone. We don't really know about what, but we, he's talking to someone. Uh, the streetcar, this is the weirdest thing. It, it skids along the road and then it explodes and it explodes, like jumps straight up. It doesn't yeah. flip. It just no. lands perfectly down again. It's um, iconic though, isn't it? It is. Mm. And there's a reason for this. And that's because the car chase was inserted out because originally this wasn't in the, the, the original 
script. Oh, oh. No. he just disappears and then he shows up at his daughter's university oh. and the car chase isn't in it. And it was because uh, it was a big flat hole, as uh, Michael Bay said, in the middle of the film early test screening said so they added the car chase to appease younger moviegoers and one of the writers took issue with bay talking about demographics bay adds this is a writer who'd never had a script made into an actual movie so we shut him down saying this is a business <laughs> now it seems like everybody in this film like wrote this script let yeah, alone yeah. any script yeah so the car chase in san francisco turned out to be the biggest clusterfuck i've ever done in my filming <laughs> career said michael bay clusterfuck like a <laughs> He said getting clearances for even a two-block stretch required thousands of signatures, and when they fell behind on the shooting schedule, it resulted in a trio of studio reps arriving to give him a stern talking to. Luckily, Sean Connery again <laughs> offered to sit in, which tempered the reaming somewhat. Ah, uh, good. Uh, and then Mason shows us his backstory by tracking down his daughter. Uh, we find out that she's the product of a one-night stand after a Led Zeppelin contact concert. Um john wants to connect with his daughter and he says you're almost the only evidence i exist and there's a very celtic score in the background here there is yeah, yeah. that's just symbolizing it's, it's like brave hearty almost yeah it is yeah um stanley uh <laughs> helps him save face and says oh your dad's uh like 40 cop cars emerge like, oh, did you pick out of jail again <laughs> and he's like your dad's helping us with an important case that explains the 40 cop cars He's the most popular guy on the force. He, he asked for a lift and we all wanted to give it to him. Yeah, he had the donuts. But, Question. Yeah. Because they she says like, oh, yeah, since mum died, did, was that how he found out? Or did they also tell him at the same time as Mandela that like, oh, yeah, your wife died? In, in today's news briefing. Yeah, that's yeah. a great question. Yeah. yeah, it was like the, one of the weirdest sort of things they just gloss over because there was a while I was like, oh, that's the fact they know kid. The fact yeah. they know she exists as well. Yeah. So, yeah, there is a question about how much information does he get and what is he allowed to be privy to and what isn't he? Yeah, like, where, also, where she is. Yeah. Like, that's who he's talking on the phone. He's trying to track yeah. her down. But the fact that she's in San Francisco, convenient. Very mm. convenient. Very um, and so, sorry, Stanley helps him save face and says, he goes, oh, I really appreciate what you did. And he goes, what do you say we cut the chit-chat, a-hole? <laughs> that didn't sit right with me. Well, okay, this is because... No, I know because, but it's, okay. it's just... It didn't... It was Nicolas Cage's idea that his character wouldn't swear, and his euphemisms would be like, gee whiz. Because <laughs> it's a show, again, he's not... I, I'm not cool, guys. I just sit around naked playing guitar, driving sleeping with my girlfriend cars. on the roof, driving fast cars, and disabling chemical weapons and bombs, but I'm a nerd. Ugh. He has a moral compass where he can't curse. Yeah. I respect this, this is the line. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so at the command center, they don't want to let Mason come along. This is stupid. Mm. Why do you get, because otherwise you don't need him to come out of the jail cell to help you. If it's yeah. just show him some blueprints, he yeah. can do that from his jail cell. So why do you go through all the rigmarole of like getting him a makeover and doing, he doesn't have to leave. Cause he read the script. <laughs> yeah. It was just, like it was, <laughs> it was just this one extra complication. Like, yeah, Oh, we, we can't help it. He has to go along. This should be your plan from minute one that he leads your team in. And they should know the plans are all in his head. Not are there not just a quick question. Are there not like ankle bracelets at this time? Could you not yeah, put a yeah. tracker on him in some capacity? You would have done, wouldn't you? Totally different film. Yeah. <laughs> totally different film. <laughs> the type beep, of film beep, this beep, is. Beep, beep. <laughs> actually, oh, there he is. He does have a tracker on him at one point. Yeah. Because at one point, yes. they go looking for him. They go, oh, two are still alive. Yeah. And then those trackers don't exist after that no, point no, in the no, movie. No. <laughs> it's funny, I though. had a question about that when we got to the end of the film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so 
Um, they're also going to say good speed to the rock and cage pukes and Paxton says, you don't look that good. <laughs> and then to follow it up, he goes, actually, in fact, you look like shit. <laughs> Like 19 screenwriters, including some of the greatest ones we have today, wrote this script. Back to The Rock. Are they being sick? <laughs> How long has it been at this point since we checked in with General Hummel? I asked myself this because it's, it's like, I think it's a good 45 minutes, soon, if not more. As soon as Sean Connery shows up, it's like 40 minutes. Yeah, yeah between yeah. that and when we see Ed Harris again. Yeah. Um, it's been a long time. What were they doing? I have no idea what they've been doing. Just relax. And send, yeah. send stuff up, you know, and... Setting their playlist up on Spotify. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's got to go on. They've seen the history of The Rock. Getting yeah. out. <laughs> They've done the tour. Hey, get out of it. Show us the tour. <laughs> you make me laugh. To the people in the jail so, Oh, you won't believe what you saw today. Oh, kind of fucked up tour is this? Uh, there's been a delay. They go, You know how the president feels about terrorism. This is a phone call he's gotten. He goes, This isn't about terrorism. This is justice. 15 hours to deadlines. So when the phone call first happened, it was 40 hours. For 25 hours, a full day, Yeah, they, we, we have not been allowed to see what they were doing. You should have been ready for me. Yeah. Were they feeding the prisoners? I don't know. I, I would, with him, I would imagine so, but yeah. they don't exist until we need them to exist again. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 15 hours to the deadline, and Mason and Goodspeed are the two clear men in this uh, like plane. Mm. They're sitting side by side. They're doing the whole no, body cop no, thing. Um, no makeup on. No, no camo. Nope. Makeup. Everyone else is, apart from them two. Yep. Um, we meet Commander Anderson, played by Michael Bean. Oh, I love him. You do. Uh, he do. gives a pretty good speech. He does. He was really nervous about doing this scene because the Navy SEALs behind him are real Navy SEALs. Oh, that's cool. So that's he's like, bad. I don't know how to act. Like, it's one thing to do it in front of actors. Yeah, yeah. You probably feel like a bit of a fraud, don't you? Yeah. But he's played a Navy SEAL or some variation on multiple occasions in the Abyss. Yeah. In the, that was in 89. In the film Navy SEALs in 1990. Great movie. He also played a Colonial Marine Corporal in Aliens in 1986. Yeah. And he played a Tech Com soldier in 1984's The Terminator. Terminator, yeah. Carl yeah. Reese. So he wasn't sure went up against real uh, Navy SEALs. And he said he was freezing up. And he said, and then you got Sean Connery. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like when he first gets like, cool. And they go, by the way, you're going to have this and this and this. And so Sean's over there. So get watching eagerly eyed. And did you notice Ethan? Cause mm. Liam, you did. Cause we talked about it. One of the people, uh, one of the guys there, the sort of the, the second main guy they focused on besides this guy was a guy of Mediterranean looking descent. Oh, uh, this is Danny Nucci, who you might remember as Fabrizio from Titanic. Oh. I go to America! <laughs> oh, <laughs> so that's right. what he did when he went to America. <laughs> yeah, he went to America, <laughs> made something of himself, and then ended up falling backwards down a manhole. Oh. Uh, so uh, he hands out the stuff. Uh, we also find out the needle's sort of harder back. That's convenient. Mm-hmm. The thing he didn't want to use earlier, we're like, hang on to this. It might save your life. Yep. Um, Carla goes for a runner from her minder back in San Francisco because they won't tell her what's going on. That's funny. Everyone's in camo makeup except for our two big movie stars. Yes. Mm. Stupid. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Carla is smartened up and she goes, but he can't even swim. He wasn't good when we went snorkeling. Well, it's okay because you got like robots you're riding the whole way there. <laughs> that did look fun though, didn't it? Oh, I would be well up for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently, it's only, I don't know if you saw the speed gauge, you're like 60 kilometers an hour. Really? That's not a bad little clip. No, that's that's like right. 40 miles or yeah. something. Like that. Yeah. 
Jeez. <laughs> um, and so Michael Bay uh, originally was told they were going to scrap the scene. Disney executives went, we're not going to, we're not going to fund it. It's too expensive. So he walked off the set for a couple of hours and was threatened with a $60 million lawsuit. He held his ground and Disney budged. And we got wow. the scene we got. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, direct quote, uh, Nicholas Cage was concerned that he, quote, looked like a little Japanese schoolboy in his scuba gear. <laughs> <laughs> it's odd that he gave an ethnicity to it. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. Um, Nicholas Cage. <laughs> Michael Bay admits that he did intentionally make Cage look ridiculous. <laughs> 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 and we go to the furnace room. Maybe I was a week early because I said furnace was the, was the, the word of the, uh, of, of the week. <laughs> Uh, yeah um but he needs we find out that this is you know, how can we get in he's like oh he, sean connery goes you gotta time the flame bursts again i call bullshit okay go ahead 30 years really you can remember all that well there's another bigger problem than that and you're older yep you're not so reflexness what's the word your reflexes aren't as good yeah yeah, yeah. So I'm, <laughs> I'm just making up shit yeah now. you are oh i'm nicholas cage that's what, that's what a podcast is anyway isn't it? <laughs> reflexesness that's right that's the word and uh, hey what was it last time saturize yep. <laughs> yeah jeez um these are all going to be in the english language you realize that that's gonna be in the english yeah, dictionary in we are we time. are i'm i am leading the, the degradation of the english language <laughs> you are I, I don't know if you noticed on the furnace it had a giant thing that said bay foundry Yes. Oh, so, yeah, Bay for I Michael Bay. Yeah, 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 I was going to say to you, do you recognize because of that? It is. Oh, okay. Uh, and so here's the problem that Michael Bay says. He says, there's a major logic flaw in the movie. He goes, why are the boilers working? Yeah. <laughs> the furnace shouldn't be on. Exactly. It's not used to heat. Why would you do? We're like, first thing we do, let's go turn on those boilers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he says, that's the, that's the main one. But he went, screw it. It's entertaining, don't you think? <laughs> I actually don't yeah. think there was any heating in Alcatraz, to be fair. Because uh, a lot of them did used to say how cold it was, and there's a difference between it's cold because you haven't turned it up to where we like. No, and I don't. No heat. I honestly don't think there's any heating in there. That's kind of like that's just forcing them to freeze because there wasn't running earth. water. They used to have to go to the mainland to collect water every day. Yeah, so there wasn't any running water or anything. So I don't think there was any heating either. If you know about it, let us yeah, know. Let us Was know. there running water? Um, <laughs> so they think that because Sean Connery does his bit, Mason goes and rolls through, and you know, kind of goes Indiana Jones got nothing on me, Junior. <laughs> Roll, <laughs> rolls through it. I was going to say something, and then he uh, all of a sudden he he they, coming back. They think he screwed him over, <laughs> yeah. and you hear this giant shift in the doors, and he goes, "Welcome to the Rock." That's pretty. I wish we were probably about an hour into the film. Yeah, do you know what? It's a good little speech that bit. Welcome it is to the Rock. Uh, there's a lot of night vision and the buddy cop pairing of Mason and Goodspeed. And um, Mason, sorry, Goodspeed asks him, are you enjoying yourself? And he goes, well, it's a lot more interesting than my usual day. Reading philosophy. That's probably one. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Avoiding gang rape in the showers. <laughs> <I'm> like, what? <laughs> and he goes, it's a bit less of an issue these days. Maybe I'm losing my sex up. <laughs> that which, was funny. Which the fact that it's Bond saying it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's clever. It was clever. Uh, I, thought, I, th- I wasn't expecting the whole gang rape in the showers no, thing, but I'm like, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we go, which just seems weird because is he in solitary confinement or not? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Because you got to figure, if people were trying to mess with John Mason with the skills we've seen, they're dead. Of course they are. They're dead. Uh, so there's some motion sensors, uh, which they trip off because it... Uh, That's when they're looking through d- the thing. Dr. Cox put them down earlier. Yeah. And so they have this little... They're trying to do the magic doohickey from... <laughs> magic doohickey. From, from Mission Impossible. And they're going, well, that's not believable. <laughs> so we'll have it move just to show it's not that magic. Yeah. <laughs> 
and they come on down. <laughs> magic doobie. And General Hummel announces they should all drop their weapons, and Hummel gives them a chance to surrender. But Anderson, who's a good Marine, won't back down. And one of Hummel's men's a bit too trigger happy because you have them go, "Let's waste these fools." Didn't um, yeah, Tony Todd. Um, was that which one it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't. I, remember, I never liked Tony Todd in anything. Yeah, I'm supposed to. He no, usually plays villains, right? He does. Yeah. yeah. Um, was he in, was he the one who was in the crow? He was in the crow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, general said that already. Uh, one, so then like a brick falls a and brick. they all start shooting. Mm. Could you imagine the echo in there? Yeah. Uh, and this is and like, general- this is the most Michael Bay shootout ever. Yeah. It just shoot, 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 explosion. Cut, 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 cut. Don't rest on anything for more than a fourth of a second. Every half a second is a dip. No, I'm probably being generous there. Every tenth of a second is a different frame. Like yeah. a different it's angle. And it's- make sure if you get Michael Bain. Bain? 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 Yep. Bain, is it? Bain. The actor's name is Bain. Oh, yeah, I Michael thought you Bain. meant Michael Bain. Um, <laughs> no. uh, because people say it different. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it could I, be Bain. It could be Bain. I yeah, don't know. I, I think it's... I always said Bain. Yeah. But um, I like how they, he gets shot a few times, but he's still the only one left alive. <laughs> yeah, go on, go on. <laughs> I, I know what you're about to do. <laughs> go on. You may inhabit the darkness. <laughs> I was born in it. <laughs> I don't know why I gave Bane like a Scottish, like Connery accent. There. <laughs> the name's Bane. 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 Michael. Would you like your spine shaken or stirred? Here's a cool way for him to go out. Do you expect us to surrender? No, I expect you to, to die. die. <laughs> um, and so, like, it's everyone is dead except for uh, Goodspeed and Mason. Even Fabrizio. He's like, I got to get up there. We're like, no, you don't want to go up no. there. I got to get up there. No. And then he goes up, gets shot, and then comes back down, just, like, hangs there. I love the way he just sort of sticks his head out. And he's looking around. Like... Dude, seriously, you just heard all that noise yeah. up there. It's like the it's like that famous kiss scene from Spider Man Spider Man Two, but like in like the worst version of what yeah. happened. <laughs> yeah. Comes back down. Oh, he's dead. Yeah, he's definitely dead. And um, Mason starts leaving, and uh, they want to know because this is part where they go. They're all dead, sir. Oh, hang on, we got two alive. Like everyone else is red. It's red and green. Yeah, like yeah. It's, it's really easy to see the two ones that aren't the same. But they go, who is it? Oh, it's Good Speed and Mason. And so they, they ring good speed, and he goes, oh, he says he's leaving, sir. Well, well stop, boy. It's not that easy. He's, he's got a gun. They go, what do you have, a fucking water pistol? He goes, no, sir. And then within two seconds, he's like, okay, he's got all the guns now. <laughs> because Connery tells him, some guys can't, some guys can. You can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you can't. Yeah. Um, and there's one last guy who's alive, and they want to shoot him instantly upstairs the baddies want to shoot him and hummel makes him stop hummel makes him wait and he dies like two seconds later and even in the shootout he's oh he's shouting he's cease, fire, cease, cease fire cease fire yeah but i don't know what this guy was thinking was going to happen <laughs> once we got into this room exactly yeah. yeah um so then we get <laughs> who is uh, this is where um mustache man gets uh <sighs> womack and goes you told me this need to know i need to know and it's like he knows he's speaking for a movie trailer. Yeah. Womack goes, he's John Mason. He's, John Mason. He knows all of America's secrets. So we locked him away. Put him in solitary confinement until something up. But you know what? He never gave him up. 
<laughs> Do you know what? I'll tell you what, for a Michael Bay film, we're having a lot of good fun. Which is what when Michael Bay has done well, it is good fun. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Goodspeed talks Mason into it, especially when he goes, FBI, free sucker. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really, you're not the type, you couldn't, I could. Goodspeed talks his way into it with chemical weapons and establishes they've both got skin in the game. Yeah. Your daughter is there. My girlfriend is there. Uh, the baddies overhear all this and drop a grenade. And somehow they survive this. Now, this one I have an issue with because this one was ordered by Hummel. Yeah. They said, fire him out. Now, is that fire him out? Like, get him out? Like, flush him out? Because a grenade's a pretty big step that they could die. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this kind of felt like it went against Hummel's MO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah it did mean. Um, but they survived this. Uh, of course. And so he was so against killing them earlier. And like I said, now he's just, I don't know what this is. It took a while for Michael Bay to convince Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery to go underwater while flames bat blasted above the surface at the mark. But both actors eventually agreed. There were safety divers immediately outside of the frame during the sequence. It was all very frightening, adds Cage, and Sean wasn't happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what, Ray? That was a good shot, though. Underwater, seeing the flames come across. Yeah. You know, it made for dramaticness, didn't it? It does so, make for dramaticness. I mean, I, I, I like it myself. Um, but I, I call bullshit with them being blown that far. Yeah. And not getting hurt. Not getting hurt. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I do like the sequence of the fire coming over the over the water. That was cool. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm just realizing I've messed with a setting and I've gone the wrong way with it. I want to go. Oh, okay. There we go. There we go. That's better. Are we back on track? I'm back on track. Wait. So Connery mentions how Alcatraz was a civil war fort, at which point Liam went, it was. <laughs> 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 it was also a military prison yeah before it would become a prison prison and cage gets all glib like like you've got the guy back on side like maybe let the old man have his moments yeah like, maybe when this is all over we can learn about history pops but i <laughs> i i just want to find some rockets <laughs> <laughs> that's a great impression i wish you guys could see that with a michael bay shot that'd have been so tight you wouldn't see hands that's a good point like half a pinky in front but that's it and they go what well, can you do this he goes i'll try my best and so we get the bit from earlier he goes losers talk about their high and their best winners go home and fuck the prom queen and they go carla was the prom queen he goes really he goes yeah yeah and cocks the gun and off he goes <laughs> again what a nerd yeah he's such like Everything he's doing is yeah, so unnerving. He's successful with hot women. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we're like, oh, no, he's... Uh, Do you know what I reckon? I reckon Nicholas Cage got on set, because he wanted to work with Michael Bay, didn't he? And I reckon he got on set and went... Oh, well, not Michael Bay, sorry. Um, Jerry Bruckheim and Don Simpson. Yeah. And they're known for the boys' boys' movies, aren't they, right? <laughs> yeah, I love and, it. And, and he didn't want to be the guy that was the nerdy guy in a Don Simpson and Bruckheimer movie, do you? No, no. Yeah, we, so, oh, so he's trying to make himself as cool as possible. Well, but then he's the same guy who also does, like, I'm not going to swear. Exactly. It's like, it's like he went, that, that's enough, right? That's enough <laughs> to make him a nerd. <laughs> but I want to sleep with a hot girl on the roof, listen to Elton John driving the fast car, fast. guitar <laughs> yeah. naked, listening to the Beatles dismantling bombs. Swimming underwater with fire going over. Yeah. Well, I'm not keen on that, but yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> but I, I was way cooler than Sean was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Connery, man. Oh, I said that already. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, they get into the morgue and Connery throws a knife through the throat of someone. That was one cool. of the baddies. He goes, you must never hesitate. <laughs> and do the baddies radios not work? Wouldn't you go, hey, they're here. Because the one guy's like shooting with them for a while. Two yeah. seconds. They're here. They're here. You would, wouldn't you? Stupid. Like, like regular bad guys, bad enough. 
These are military men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The <laughs> best, we're best. told. Yeah. Let's be honest. If you're taking, like, you know, Alcatraz under... Sorry? Alcatraz? Is this like a Alcatraz? magic spell you're doing? Alcatraz. I, I said it. I was like, is it Alcatraz? My bro was like... As a Caban. No, that's not even the right name either. Welcome to one of Ethan's contributions to the blooper reel for next time. <laughs> I like a Traz. There's a I want to call it Alicatraz now. It's so cool. And Alakazam, we're back in the room. <laughs> but no, like, if you're taking Alcatraz under siege. <laughs> Sorry, say that again. The, pl- the rock under siege. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. You're going to be like. Are you there? Are you there? Like radioing in every two, five minutes or so. And like, it's a small little island, yeah. Jesus. Oh, it's, you could be there within minutes. Yeah. It's already had like a massive shootout there where people died. Yeah. And speaking of which, so this is one bad guy and he's down there and the one guy's dead. He's the last guy. He's like, I've got something for you. And he takes forever, like so long <laughs> that Mason can just go, oh, there's an air conditioning unit. Bang, 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 bang and yeah. drops it on him. Oh, I saw like, that. Like, I know, up to it. Like, I know it's, mm. yeah, that's what we call an eyeline match. Yeah. So you look, you see them look, and then you see what they're looking at, and they go, ah, we go, okay, that's what they're thinking about. But the thing is, like, I know it wants to be, like, cool bad guy movie, but it's the kind of thing you do, you know, it's like if we watched Die Hard, and he was like, say hello to your brother, yeah, and yeah. then he, like, counted down from 20, and it's like, <laughs> what's he doing? <laughs> oh, I know, we need to fly the helicopter away, because yeah. he's going to shoot us. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> that should be on a t-shirt. That's stupid. Stupid. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but then the legs twitching, and oh, Goodspeed yeah, goes, yeah. "You've been around a lot of corpses, right?" He goes, he goes, "Is that normal?" He goes, "Yeah." <laughs> well, can you do something about it? He goes, "What? Should I kill him again?" <laughs> he can't stop the nervous system. And this is this is where I made the point in my notes about like this guy's not born. But he's, he's not. Yeah, he's, no, you know. no, he's not. Um, it was Sir Sean Connery's. It was in. Sir, yeah, let's try it again. It was in Sir Sean Connery's contract. I can say Alcatraz that his coverage <laughs> would be filmed first. So every day, the deal is Connery stuff gets shot first, and then Sean's done for the day. Okay, and then we get everybody else's. So that's good for Nicholas Cage. How so? Well, when they're together in the movie, their bits. Yeah. That's good for him, isn't it? Because his bits are all done. Well, the, unless you've got like a scene where you've got like a close-up on you and Sean's mm. not in the frame. Oh, yeah. So this is what happened is on this day, Sean got all his stuff in and then left. And then they had to do cages and Cage was by himself. Was he getting cagey? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> for the most part, he was fine with it. But the day of the morgue shootout was long and he was dead tired and had trouble with the excessive dialogue because he was sort of talking about what's wrong. He's ta- this is where he's taking out oh, all of the, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, the string yeah. of pearls. The string and of pearls. disabling all the chips. That's a good song, guys. Can we ask why you stash nine of 12 in one room and then go, let's scatter the last three around yeah, the island? Either like- you'd scatter all of them evenly around the island, like two in six different places. Yeah. It just seemed, unless, are the three the only places they can launch from and these nine are like the cargo hold? Even still, Maybe I'd the- still put them in different locations. And why'd you need to take them out of the doohickey? Because he had, <laughs> he had to take the guidance chip out. So, yeah, I know, but yeah. he took it out from the top. I think they just want us to see it over and over and over oh, again. Oh, okay. It kind of reminded me of like a, like a, like a spinal column. Yeah, it did, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, and so now Mason sees Goodspeed's value because he's doing all this as he's like moving it around. And for the first time ever, he's the expert and Mason's the idiot. Yeah. And um, turns out the bad guys do have radios. 
<laughs> it goes off here. <laughs> There's three rockets somewhere else, and they have to be found. They dive onto a furnace cart, and this is very Mason says, "Yeah, so that's Indiana Jones." And Mason says, "I'm too old for this." Yeah. And I'm like, "Yo, Danny Glover wants his money back." He does. Yeah. <laughs> you know how old Danny Glover was the first time he said that? First time he went, "I'm too old for this shit." How old is he? 45. 42? He's 41. Really? Whoa. That's the same age as us now. Yeah, I'm sitting here going, I'd love to go into work tomorrow and be like, I'm too yeah, old for this. I'm too old for yeah. this shit. I'm yeah. too old for this. I'm going to retire. <laughs> I mean, Danny Glover looks old at 41 he for that does, movie. Yeah. He? So, yeah, but I found out 41. I couldn't believe it. Wow. So, um, Nicolas Cage showed Michael Bay and Jerry Bruckheimer Jaws to highlight Richard Dreyfuss's performance as what he wanted to do in the bomb dismantling scene. Cage admits he steals from other places. He says he thinks other actors should be allowed to do that. I've still a bunch of stuff yeah. when I'm doing things not necessarily from the most conventional places but I'll sort of channel other things I've seen in other forms of acting and entertainment to sort of help a performance along Bowie made a career out of it yeah. and he made no, made no issues he said I took the best bits of everything I was watching and doing he said and put them together yeah so we go to the cart chase. Mason ends up dangling upside down from the cart and then is tipped off to the Marines. He douses them with kerosene. This is Mason, of course, and then ignites them. And Dr. Cox is on fire. Cause yeah. Cause that was, um, mentioned earlier, wasn't it? The what? kerosene and the, the oh, was it? waterproof matches. Yeah. Oh, okay. I missed. Oh, I is like, this when they're handing the stuff out? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I was like, I was like, really? What are you going to use that? And then I think so you can explain why they have it later. Yeah. So it's yeah. not just the magic doohickey. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not being funny. Right? If your legs are on fire and there's water below you, let Jump. the fuck go. Yeah, just, are we supposed go. to think he's dead? Because he never comes back after no. this. No. Uh, they play a game of keep away with a grenade. Uh, Mason throws a guy out of a cart and it's a dummy. It's clearly a dummy oh, when yeah. he gets thrown out. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mason is, I mean, choked out in good speed, empties the clip into the guy choking Mason out. And this shows that he's grown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can kill too. He's hardened up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the minecart scene was originally supposed to be a big chase with carts hanging from a ceiling as opposed to on traditional rails, but they ran out of money. <laughs> so if you look carefully, you can still see some remnants of some like overhead uh, tracks that it was supposed to be going down. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Um, so Michael Bay is still not happy with the second unit's work with the obvious dummy falling out of the cart. That was obvious. Yeah. Oh, I love that look. It, like, it works for like how campy this was. At the Pentagon, um, Hummel is, they make the decision to string him along until the choppers move an airstriking distance. And so this is kind of like outbreak. Yeah, but we're, we're gonna, we're, we're gonna shoot our own people. But wouldn't he know all this? Who? Hummel? Yeah. I don't think he really thinks they'll kill 81 American civilians. You can't cover that up. No, that's true. Especially um, Alcatraz Island. Turns Alcatraz. out. <laughs> Hummel grabs some random... Um, doohickey? Um, no, no, not doohickey. He grabs... Oh, what, hostage. Do, that's hostage, what I'm looking yeah. for. And puts a gun to his head and has him... a new thing no, to me. And has him talk over the PA. And and Nicolas Cage is really conflicted about what he should do. And Connery just, like, drops the chips on the ground and stomps on him, which is great because now it takes the decision out of his hands. Yeah, you don't have to feel guilty anymore. They're already destroyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And whatever happens, happens. But we're not responsible. If he pulls the trigger, that's on him, not on us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Totally got it. And that's his training. That's his training. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And um, they split up. Goodspeed's going to look for the last three rockets. Uh, again, I'm like, why would you split them up? I guess maybe there's different shooting locations. Uh, Hummel meets Mason because Mason just, his plan is just to walk right in. Yeah, this spell I don't get, right? See, Mason doesn't know that the guy's not a killer. No, exactly. If anything, everything we've seen suggests he is a killer. He is, yeah. Yeah. 
And he says, meet me in the, in the yard, doesn't he? Yeah. So uh, he goes, Navy? He goes, Army, actually, which is the only thing that kind of throws the James Bond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Bond is in the Navy, technically. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, he goes, uh, hi, sweetie. What do I have hi, sweetie, written down? Is oh, that that's he, why. Because they're, they're cross-cutting. So this is good speed. Who's yes. being they're going high speed. I'm like, why are they why are they trigger shy now? Why aren't they yeah. shooting at him? Mm. Uh, why would you just hang down and look at him and go, hi, sweetie? You would you would shoot him. Meanwhile, you? Hummel is trying to Yeah, because it's the it's the line that lets him get away. Because yeah. again, they've got to call their shot. Uh meanwhile, Hummel is interrogating Mason and he says, This is about honoring the lives, and, and Connery goes, I don't see how you cherish the memory of the dead by killing another million. General, sir, personally I think you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> great, line. Great, line. great line. Uh, there are some for for all the stuff, there's got some great action movie lines in this. They do, they do, they do. Uh, they talk about Thomas Jefferson versus Oscar Wilde, which was a great <laughs> sort of conflict there. It's like it's like a little battling duo with the words. Stanley Smash is another uh, guidance chip. So we're down to two rockets left, and then he's caught by uh, what was that guy's name? The guy who's the bad guy in all the movies. So you don't really oh, like Tony Todd. Tony Todd. Yeah, and he says it's a good thing the general wants you alive because I'd take pleasure in gutting you, boy. Yeah, he would. And the guy who's with him, you see him on screen with. Yeah, I swear he's out of Shawshank Redemption. Okay, I think he's one of the prisoners in Shawshank. Uh, and then we cut to the jail, and Goodspeed's just going over the line. I take pleasure in gutting you, boy. boy. And he's like, he's like doing that thing that actors do, where you try and emphasize different. I take pleasure in gutting you, boy. <laughs> and Goodspeed's just like, Goodspeed. Uh, Mason's like, shut up. And he says, I remember the good old days when you couldn't talk in prison, and that law actually ended in 1937 before Mason was locked up. Oh yeah. yeah. I was going to say, a lot of people always talked anyway. Yeah. And so this is where Goodspeed says, look, I understand the furnace. I understand three days underground. I understand waiting for the tides. I all this stuff. What I don't understand is how in Zeus's butthole did you get out of your cell? And this is where Mason's been in like, the meantime, with like a blanket yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been, and he opens him up. That's That's a, was very, it's a very Nicolas Cage thing to say. Zeus's butthole? Yeah. This is what Michael Bay wanted to cut. I know. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> this was the ad lib. And he, he kind of, Nicholas Cage, like, went, 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 went to the mattresses for it and he got in. And he goes, trade secrets, my son. Here's my question. If he was about, yeah, are you going to say the same thing? No, go ahead. If he was, like, really at the other end of the cell block, how would you reach that? Don't know, but here's my it's real by, question. It's by chance, isn't it? Why is no one watching them? <laughs> Good point. Good point. You There's like 12 of them left. Yeah, the, yeah. Two, the two that have been brought to stop One you. person with a gun. The minute he starts moving everything, bang. bang. Yeah. Movie over. Yeah. Like, this was almost as stupid as the scene in WandaVision where they, like, what was the guy's name? Uh, who they like tie up with zip ties, oh, put them oh, in a tent, woo, yeah. woo. And, and and then they like just like leave them. <laughs> yeah, with his phone. <laughs> it's this is almost that level of stupid. But like this guy's been able to do everything else. It's like no, he's dangerous. What was you? I said, oh, he's in the jail. Good enough. And he's very efficient with whatever he has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? he, he knows exactly how he can use every object he comes into contact Absolutely. with. Absolutely. Uh, Mason goes to leave. Uh, he's figured out that Hummel's not a killer. Nothing bad's going to happen here. Um, the loose triggers are... Pres- oh, this is about to Hummel. Hummel's being pressured by these three loose triggers he's got in his team. Tony Todd, his henchman, and the other guy. Yeah, the little crazy white guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And let's go ahead and s- send these off. Let's show them what we mean. And... Um, 
good speeds yelling at it. So we have conflict on both sides. We have conflict with the good guys, conflict with the bad guys. Yeah. And so good speed finally tells Mason, fine, I'll do it myself. And he goes running off. And we see like two seconds later, a sniper's already located. That's him funny. And is watching him. Uh, and he's very quickly has a gun placed to his head. And he's asked by Cage, glass or plastic? Glass or plastic? Because I'm done with this. I'm going to kill you. And I just want to know if you want to be putting a glass jar or a plastic bag. <laughs> I don't know if this is an ad lib. It sounds it like an ad lib. This feels very Nicholas Cage. It's so erratic. You'd yeah. assume it would be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's rescued by Mason, who snaps the guy's neck and says, I decided I don't want your child growing up without a father. Nicholas Cage, here we go, wrote his dialogue for the scene where the soldier has a gun to the back of his head just a few minutes before the shoot and had his lines on cue cards. Michael Bay immediately said no to the presence of the cards, but Nick said he'd be doing it for years in a pinch. Michael relented and said he could see Nick reading. I don't believe it, said Cage. I think it was just a phobia that he could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think he could tell he was reading that. I think Nicholas oh, Cage does he, it really well. Yeah, he does. You like, can't. You know, by really well, I mean, like, in the most Nicholas Cage way yeah, possible. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You see his but eyes moving. Anyway. You'd assume that he's just because he's, he's Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Under pressure from his men, Hummel fires the rocket, and he live types new coordinates. I'm not sure wireless technology is here yet. No. No, I think once you shoot it, you're kind of yeah, done. Yeah. Uh, t- Captain America could have used this sort of stuff. <laughs> um, and he uses coordinates to stop it from hitting Candlestick Park. It's a great, like, follow shot of this rocket, but it clearly looks fake as fake can oh, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it explodes in the water. Uh, it detonates in the water. There's still one left. Uh, the guy from the crow is told to step outside by Major Baxter. Uh, I will say this, and it's the idea of if you're the bad guys, the good guys don't know you only have one rocket left. Yeah. They yeah. still think you have 11. Yeah. You could leverage this a ton. Big time. I will fire one rocket every 15 minutes. You shoot the first one, you have it land just on the edge of shore. That way, if you're humble, you might still get what you want. Yep. Yeah. You might still. He's a bad bluffer, though, isn't he? Well, why give him forty hour window? All you're doing is if it's yeah. really the countermeasure, you've got five hours. Yeah. But the movie needed them to have forty hours to get everybody under the rocks. Yeah. <laughs> that, that rocket that like failed well, technically failed. Yep. That had nerve agent in it as well, right? Yeah. Yep. So like the the, the ocean the, the sea line there is completely destroyed. This is Michael Bay, Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer. Yeah, 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 Do you yeah. think they care about the environment? <laughs> They're just everywhere. Like bubbling up. Um, <laughs> like, so, like gremlins and water. Uh, Baxter doesn't feel that the men are Marines. These are the other guys, these loose triggers. Mercenaries. Baxter phones the FBI. Hummel threatens to kill him. Baxter says, I thought you weren't ready to kill. He goes, I'm warming up to it. <laughs> and these are my best friends, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, the president makes the call and they're going to do an airstrike. President, for what he was, one scene. Good little speech. Yeah, yep. Don't know who he was. Good no, speech. I don't as far as you know, movie president speeches go, it's on the better parts. Yep. Back to Hummel. Um, he says, "Look, we're done. Our mission's over. Step down, soldiers." Says uh, Tony the Tiger. What, Tony, what's his name? <laughs> Tony Todd. Tony Todd says the Candyman says we're not soldiers. The minute we took hostages, when we became mercenaries, and mercenaries get paid. Get paid. <laughs> Tell you what, he's not wrong. No, that's what a mer- minute you hold yeah, hostages, yeah, yeah. you're not a soldier. Yep. Uh, there's an order to send the men off the island. Uh, Baxter says it's not a simple order, General. And he's right. It's not just as simple as getting them on a boat. That's not how this is ending. No. Um, and then we find everyone draws their guns. It's a bit of a Mexican standoff. And it's up to Major Baxter. Uh, he fakes us out into thinking he's going to turn on Hummel. But then he takes out well, one of them. He's good. The I problem like, is like Baxter's the second most interesting guy. He is, yeah. Mm. And the most interesting one is Hummel. 
Yeah. So in a minute, we're going to be left with the three not inter- two not interesting guys left. Yeah. Um, so the baddies escape. Hummel feels regret. Goes, my God, what have I done? That shows us he's learned from his mistake. Uh, and he's told uh, Stanley Goodspeed finds him and says the last rock is by because the two good guys are just watching this all unfold <laughs> yeah, from yeah. just around the corner. <laughs> You'd think with all of this time watching them like bicker, you could just find the other rocket, disarm it. Originally, mm. Baxter was going to be the one who kills Hummel. Really? Yeah. Which actually made him a better movie because I cared more about him than I cared about either of the guys who were left. Yeah. 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 True, so true. if you find out, but he's the guy who purposely. He's the guy Ooh. who brought these guys on, yeah. and it's like, yeah, Ooh. I knew you couldn't do it. Oh, your yeah. right idea, but you never were that guy. Oh. I've been standing beside you for thirty years. You just, are, you just don't have it in you. That also works with the whole. Oh. With like the second he's like, oh. you, you got those coordinates wrong. Bang. Yeah, like, that's it. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, I that, that I, I care more about that actor. Yeah, me too. Than this little like you know reject from lieutenant dan factory who they had being the last guy left you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah. The f- yeah. like the five 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 six yeah like, bull- <laughs> it's like a, it's just a chihuahua, in like chihuahua. <laughs> uh at the lighthouse uh uh tony todd tony todd tony todd is going do you know how this shit works <laughs> with the knife and i think uh i think first it's it's uh it's good speed going with the 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 string of pearls going do you know how this shit works goes, yeah. do you know how this shit works with his knife because he's gonna take pleasure in gutting you boy Good. um and he goes and he ha- they sort of stand off and walk around each other until tony todd is right in front of a rocket and he goes let me just change the subject for a minute for instance we don't know each other very well do you like music what do you think of the elton john song rocket, rocket man, man. <laughs> Why would you want to associate that with fucking your missus? I don't, I don't know. And he goes, <laughs> you know what I mean? And he goes, Last Tony Todd goes, <laughs> I don't listen to no soft shit. <laughs> soft shit. And he goes, oh, really? Because it's you. You're the rocket man. Now, unlike the guy from the air conditioner scene, Nicholas Cage knows you save a line and you push the button. <laughs> push the button. <laughs> That's all you have to do. You think you, got the point. You're the rocket man. <laughs> go and, and you just like, have him look at the rocket and then look at the guy and then look at the rocket <laughs> um and so uh that's a very awkward scene there's a crazy impale shot where he lands oh, oh that was so cool are you tell me the rocket wouldn't have impaled him when yes, it hits his stomach it would have done it would have gone right through him yeah he would have landed and gone right through the pipe because it would have had a big gaping <laughs> hole in his stomach already <laughs> You, you 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 might say that Stanley Goodspeed took pleasure in gutting him. <laughs> Just saying. Um, Mason takes care of the guy who's a sniper against Goodspeed because Stanley dropped the bobble, and that's what kind of makes him outed to a sniper on the roof. Yeah, and one of them gets away, and he stashes this string of them. As far as in we like know, as far as we know, if you go to Alcatraz, they're still there. Yeah. Oh. We should look. There should be a sequel there. Yeah. Someone who knows that the string of pearls is still there. Yeah. That'd be great. That would, wouldn't it? Uh, he's got one you. left that he hangs on to, the one he drops. Uh, Mason, being funny. What would you hang on to that shit? I don't know. I wouldn't. Mason takes care of the guy. I said that already. Enter like, a crazy white guy who Mason take. Enter the crazy white guy. Oh, this is the Lieutenant Dan reject. <laughs> Meanwhile, Mason's taking out a guy who I, I didn't realize he was still alive. But this guy who's like, you're English, right? Well, Scottish, technically. He's yeah, like, yeah. he's like, all right, my old man was Irish. And I'm like, I'm. Good for you. Like, do you think multi generation? I don't really think it's that big of a deal in the no. states. I don't. No, it was just a weird. I need. We need him to have some line. Yeah, so here yeah, we yeah. go. 
Uh, Stanley Goodspeed goes toe to toe with a legit Marine. I don't care if he's five foot six. This guy's supposed to be like, yeah. like legit special forces. And for the first like 40 seconds, like Goodspeed's taking it to him. Yeah. Uh, he's choking him out. And then, um, Mason just, not Mason, Goodspeed puts the, the bobble Again. of death into his mouth. The mm. bobble that he sticks in his jacket pocket. Which hasn't broken yet. But yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I've been rolling around. I've been pushed. But yeah. And this is the weird bit though. When he sticks it in his mouth and he, what was he thinking? Was he thinking, okay, I'm above him. So that's going to get me. He's thinking he's got the, the needle. He's, he's made his piece of the idea, but he's going to have to save himself. Cause he's got the, he's got, it's like having two lives in a video game. But mm. would you seriously go to yourself? I'm going to stick that in me. If I'm, if I'm getting choked out. Yeah, that's probably. My, that's my, probably. my last, 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 last resort. Well, here's my question about this. If I may. Okay, I understand how it stops you from like like breathing like incorrectly and retching. How does it stop your skin from boiling? Yeah, magic. <laughs> like it's in your heart. That's your blood flow. Doesn't stop the fact that your like your skin is still like organic tissue. Yeah, but he's on Alcatraz Island. Alcatraz. <laughs> so it's ma- magic. He said it's magic. Uh, so. I got, what if Mason had come in? So that's the Imagine Mason's like, we saved the day. <laughs> what is, oh no. <laughs> and then thankfully, the in this case, in this movie, the uh, stab yourself in the heart needle is the magic doohickey. It is. Because it does everything we need it to do. It's did you see what you just did there? Pardon me? You were stabbing your heart. You were doing this thing. Yeah, I was kind of off to the left. Like, yeah, yeah. But did you see where it was in the actual no, I didn't. movie? It was that, that here. They put some like more like a, like a sternum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's not your heart, dude. It's magic, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one last scare. They're gonna bomb Alcatraz when Nicolas Cage hears the voice from earlier with reverb. So he gets out these um, flares. Flares. As yeah. again, very... I guess they all had flares. It's very. Dirty. I hope so because otherwise, why do you? Give, who gives good speed the, the flares? I know. In what world is he going to signal for? Yeah, again, isn't it just? A it's a great because he had the Jesus pose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he gets. I tell you what. As far as like closing like badass shots to a movie go, that green smoke as they fly overhead. Oh. That's a great. That's on my reel forever. I hear you, but especially when it draws up. If he's got two flares and he's being choked out, if I have toxic nerve agent that could possibly kill me as well. Or a stick of fire. I'm going to throw yeah, the man. stick of fire into the guy. The problem is, it takes... If they're in, it doesn't just like... How, he's got matches, right? Uh, like you're fighting him off. You're like, Hold still for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> All right, time in. <laughs> you ever heard the Katy Perry song Fire? Hear me out. Hear I'm me self, yeah. self, um, do, do you like music? Yeah. I'm <laughs> self, self happening. Self lighting? Sometimes yeah. they are. It depends. That's what you want to have, like, running around the whole time. It just goes <laughs> off randomly. Um, so they abort mostly. One bomb does get dropped. It sort of knocks good speed into the water. Yeah. And Mason has to rescue him. And literally in the next scene, he's upright, walking, laughing, talking to, to Mason. No side <laughs> effects. Great Scottish score in the background. And where's that doohickey in his chest? Where's the doohickey? Where is that? It's gone. Gone. Uh, the hostages are all alive, but um, Stanley says that Mason died. We know he didn't die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go, how? When? This is Womack. He says, just come and get me. Uh, Mason's pardon. He says, hey, they ripped your pardon up. And then Stanley much. Stanley <laughs> says, go to my hotel room. There's 200 bucks, yada, yada, yada. Off you go. In return, he goes, hey, if you fancy a journey, you should go to Fort Walton in Kansas. 
And he goes, I was thinking Maui. <laughs> Forget Maui. And uh, Mason Dirt. disappears. Starts the pew. And uh, the FBI guy comes up, and this is he's vaporized. And you know the FBI guy knows. Of course he, he does. He knows, and he's cool with it, which yeah, he should yeah, be. Yeah. And he goes, vapors. Oh, a body can do that. This is now Womack. A body can do that. Uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. sir. Yeah. <laughs> like, where's the tracker from earlier? Oh no, we don't need it anymore. Yeah, that no, was going to be my big thing. No, yeah, yeah. We don't need that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, there. It's funny. It says here, but he still no, no, no. <laughs> he got vaporized to the point that his track is in a hotel because Whoa. he's got the. Uh, they can still use the 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 things the they drove on the water. <laughs> Yeah. Not, not, not some magic, those ones. Just do it. <laughs> Fort Walton shirts. They're clearly married. They've snapped off a pew leg. There's a microfilm. We finish with a line. Honey, you want to know who really killed JFK? And that is shot outside the historic Sacred Heart Chapel in Satakoy, California. And this film is dedicated in loving memory to Don Simpson. Yeah. I now give you one of the more bizarre context tri- tidbits i think i'd ever would give okay you go for it. a scene from the film was the basis for incorrect and false descriptions of the iraqi chemical weapons program britain's secret intelligence service was led to believe saddam hussein was continuing to produce weapons of mass destruction by a false agent who bases reports on this movie what <laughs> in september 2002 mi6 chief sir richard Dearloves, the agency had acquired information from a new source revealing that iraq was stepping up production of chemical and biological warfare agents the source who was said to have direct access senior staff were working seven days a week while the regime was concentrating a great deal of effect on the production of anthrax. Dearlove told the chairman of a joint intelligence committee, Sir John Scarlett, they were on the edge of a significant intel breakthrough which could be the key to unlock Iraq's weapons program. However, questions were raised about this, this agent's claims when it noticed its description bore a striking resemblance to a scene from the film. <laughs> it was pointed out that glass containers were not typically used in chemical munitions and that a popular movie, The Rock, had an accurate depicted nerve agents being carried around in glass beads or spheres uh, a month before the invasion of, Sir, uh, of Iraq MI6 concluded their source had been lying over a period of time but failed to inform number 10 or others even though UK Prime Minister Tony Blair had been briefed on the intelligence according to the Independent the false claims of weapon mass destruction were the justification for the UK's entering of the war wow the film's co-writer David Weisberg said what was so amazing was anyone in the poison gas community would immediately know that this was total bullshit such obvious bullshit Weisberg said he was unsurprised a desperate agent might resort to films for inspiration but dismayed that authorities didn't do apparently the most basic fact checking or vetting of the information if you just asked a chemical weapons agent it would have been immediately obvious that it was ludicrous Weisberg says he had some funny emails after the report but felt it's not a nice legacy for the film it's tragic we went to war now that's all kind of what i found yeah. on the good old wikipedia but it does mention legitimate news sources like the independent as its basis so i think in some weird turnaround there is some crazy that a, a report was made and b it may have even been believed and led to action that's crazy that is crazy that's wild welcome to iraq <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> there, we, there, you, there you go, Carlo. That's your light bulb moment. <laughs> so uh, let's go ahead and hit this. We're in the end game now, and we are in the end game now. I'm just realizing no one's done the age game yet, so I might have to look some of that up. Ooh, we'll be yeah. all right. Yeah, that's okay. I'll, I'll see if I can't find that. So uh, let's start off with Liam. We need a random word for anybody who's made it this far. Well, I no, can we use doohickey? 
<laughs> I think Doohickey's going to come up a fair bit. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. What about... There um, was something we had earlier. String of Pearls. String of Pearls? String of Pearls. String of Pearls. All right. So it is. String of Pearls. <laughs> so, um, the money. Uh, it made... It was a big budget, wasn't it? Oh, I don't know if I looked this up. I'm wow, geez. We had two to do this week, so I think I'm completely behind on this one. So while I get that ready, why don't we talk about uh, whose story is it? Ooh, I want to say Hummels. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. I, 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 so. I, I, I see. I follow. The, the main cause of everything is this this fallen soldier who's just betrayed by his country and wants retribution. A very distinguished soldier. Yeah. He's putting everything on the line. And I think he's put on the line because his wife has passed away. He's got nothing left to lose. Yeah, so, like it opens with him, and it doesn't end with him. But like, I don't effect, think the effect I don't, of what he's done ends. I don't think he ever thought he was ever coming away from this. I no. think he thought this is that's why he didn't do it until his wife had passed away. And I think he he was trying to do it for future fallen soldiers in his position. Yeah, because the idea is that something like the eighty-three we get, we'll we'll each have some money, and then we'll, we'll mm. the rest will be given out at his discretion. Yeah. None of this is about personal personal gain. No. So yeah, so the budget for this film was seventy-five million dollars. How much do you oh. think it makes at the box office? I remember it being quite big at the time. I think five hundred and twenty. Five twenty. Four twenty-five. Four twenty-five. Yeah. Okay, um, it's it's less than that, but it's oh. still big money for the time. Oh, okay, three hundred and thirty-five million, which oh, okay. at the time yeah. is big, big, big money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the seventh highest-grossing film for the U.S. box office in nineteen ninety-six, and the fourth highest worldwide. That wow. Year. So yeah, I think it has a fairly international appeal. I think it's uh, it's. It's a nice little film to say it that way. It is. Um, I'm going to go with for who I think it's Stanley's story. I think it's Stanley growing up. As much as I have issues with the fact that he's not the boring one, <laughs> he is the guy who's afraid to hold a gun, has to ask for one, and you know the gun gets taken off him so easily by Mason in oh, the start okay. of the second act, and then yeah. in the third act he's pretty kick ass uh, and takes out these guys by himself and doesn't need Mason anymore. But would you learn all that? Well, not it's, not, it's not, about, not about plausibility, is it? It's, well, just, it's just a fun movie. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah, yeah. I got news for you, a Michael Bay film. You're not going to sort of understand <laughs> any of them. Is, was there ever closure to the to the pregnant girlfriend plot line, or is that kind of, was that just sort of forgotten about? I think in the speech where he's saying why uh, Mason has to stick around, he uh, does say, okay. I think he's made his peace with it. Yeah. I, I, I do. Uh, I think because it was his opinion, uh you know, kind of his sort of, you know, he brought this to the role yeah. himself. I don't think it's fully fleshed out in the way that it should be or yeah. would be. Nor do we have any closure on the daughter besides that once he decides to stay, that's done. Yeah. We don't have any mention of her ever again. Like a little scene when they're like, you know, we could have done with a scene with them maybe really having lighting. a cup of coffee or yeah. something. And then we cut to whatever or or maybe they're they, in. They could have even mentioned it when he goes, he's like, oh, like, go. Like, yeah. Oh, I'll come See your daughter or whatever, and then he goes. See your daughter or whatever. Do you know what I don't understand about this, right? So he's told Nicolas Cage um, where to find this real film, right? What's Nicolas Cage going to do with it now he's got it? Because he's guarded this for like the last 30 years and would not give it into hands. He's going to steal the declaration of it. He's going to steal the declaration of independence. Alcatraz. Try again. (laughs) Alcatraz. (laughs) I think I'm just dying. I'm curious though, right? I came away from this movie when I watched it in the in the cinemas, right? I came away from this movie going, I want to know who shot Kennedy. 
Yeah, yeah, I kind of <laughs> want it. Like, just oh, t- t- tell, tell me two more seconds, man. Yeah. <laughs> two rock, two furious. It's funny how that's the one they went with. It is, isn't it? Like, out of all the... Because there's a bunch of stuff that apparently he knew. But I guess JFK's the, the, the biggest. It's always been the sexiest sort of mystery. People have always... That was the thing, wasn't it? You know, like, where were you when President Diana died? Before then, it was, where were you when Kennedy was assassinated? It's one of those things. Everybody always remembers where they were. Yeah. Um, What is the story? I mean, the story is... Is it a story about redemption? What is the story? It's not a redemption for... No. Is it? Is it the idea that... You can't do the right thing through the wrong means. Yeah, you can't. Mm-hmm. Or is it be more of a new thought? You you might just think you're a nerdy guy who sleeps with your girlfriend of a top. But you're so much more. You're actually cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I don't think there's a story here beyond beyond. Let's just have some cool yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's, it's just a fun movie. It's an action it? movie in it. Yeah. Uh, favorite character. Hummel. Hummel? Yeah. Okay. I like Ed Harris. I, I've, uh, he's, he's, he's great, yeah. He, he, he's got some great speeches. Ed Harris, as performance, Ed Harris is really good in this. Yeah. yeah. That might be, I may have to split mine up between performance and and. I uh, do you want to give an honor, honorable mention, though, to Michael Bain. Hey, you do like Michael Bain. Because, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of his. Yeah. Ethan? Uh, I'm going to go Hummel as well. I just want, I, I love Ed Harris as well. I think the character's good. It makes sense, like, with everything. It works with the story. It's a bit more serious than I would expect for this, but I it works surprisingly, and I like it. Uh, honorable mention though to the Welcome to Broadway guy because <laughs> I loved him. Oh, so did Ed Harris. <laughs> oh, if we're to an honorable mentions, jeez. Um, a performance I liked Ed Harris. I don't think you can you can. He, stole he adds a level of sophistication here. I'm going to say. You know what? Sean Connery, for his age, nails this. He does. Yeah. He does. He He's convinces me at six, uh, He convinces me uh, at his age. <laughs> I almost made. He convinces me that at a much advanced age, uh, that he is more than Nicolas Cage's physical equal. Yeah. And mm. he is a badass, and he is all these things still. And I didn't doubt it for a moment. He's got a presence. He does He's have a presence. He's got an absolute presence in this film. Yeah, he does, and yeah. for an action film, you know, it's interesting. We basically put it around two old guys. That that standoff when Hummel yeah, yeah. And, uh, and Mason face off and have their sort of war of ideologies. Uh, powerful scene. It is a very powerful scene. How many years ago, like before The Rock was uh, Last Crusade? Because in The Last Crusade, he's, he's seven. Like- He's like a hobbling old man. He is a hobbling old man yeah, in that. Like, he's yeah. like, oh, here's he's my like, umbrella. Oh, 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 look out. We've got to go stop them. Like, and this one, he's just having, he's just like, I was going to say flipping, but he's just, he's just doing everything. I often find that if I sit down, the opportunity presents itself. <laughs> uh, so there is that. Um, let's talk about Royal Women. We haven't done that yet. We usually Ooh, would defer to the girls. Oh, They're not yeah, here. See, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> virtually non-existent virtually, i was gonna yeah. say much like our panel there barely is any they're yeah. just the things that force the men to act yeah they both have to rescue the women in their lives who are not they fulfill on top at one point though they <laughs> <laughs> they, they they fulfill needs for for, for, for both men uh, in the case of connery it's with the idea about legacy yeah uh, in the sense of both of them it's kind of about legacy in the well, sense that for cage it'll be his offspring yeah, yeah. uh who who carla will bring into the world and making doing right by her and growing up i think it's about him growing up you need them to have something to hold on to yeah 
I mean, it's a bit of a father-son dynamic here. Yeah, yeah, and I like it. But the women here are clearly just plot devices. Like, yeah. there's no women. No. Nope. There's like a couple of hostages. No one in the FBI center. No. Nope. Not the president. No. No, just, just yeah. men, 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 manly men. Manly men. So It's an issue that was like in almost every Bay film at this point now. Like, the women are always just trophies to get to some further cause. It's also success. a Brockheimer yeah. Simpson thing as well. Of course it is, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk then about, it's a very abbreviated version, but, There's oh, no, nope. <laughs> 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 oh, ironic fitting, if that anything was else. quickest one. Yeah. Oh, um, you know, sometimes you just gotta have these. I never wanna hack my age, what's my age again, what's my age again? as always a massive thank you to moonlight social for yeah, the age game you. diddy very abbreviated just two entries today yeah just two entries let's oh, just two. do the big two yeah cool. but two obvious ones let's start with sean connery oh i think you Ed harris <laughs> no, <laughs> oh i didn't do ed harris you i'll tell you what yeah. i'll look up ed harris while we're doing this but go ahead and give me sean, okay, connery. sean connery okay i'm gonna say 63 63 and ethan i'm gonna go 66 the correct Ooh. answer is, he said, having written it down, can't read his own writing. 66! Ethan gets that one. Well done. I was like, I'm Ethan sure 59 was, was uh, Last Crusade. Okay. There you go. Wow, you, that's usually your move there, yeah. Liam, to kind of yeah. go, what was yeah, he in that yeah. previous movie? We're like, Let's do some math. <laughs> uh, oh, my phone is completely causing problems there. We are. Okay, mm-hmm. so are we going to go for Nicolas Cage next? Let's go for Nicolas Cage next, please. Okay, oh, Nicolas Cage, 97. I'm going to say... 38. 38, and Ethan? 41. Man, you're both way high. Oh, really? 32. Whoa. Wow. He's always had a very widow's peaky haircut. Yeah, he has, hasn't he? He always yeah. looks, he's in a, yeah. like a constant state of middle age. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, Ed Harris. Ed Harris. 48. 48? 46. 46 is right. Whoa, and he was probably, he, probably, probably like he does 46 late in the year. So when it comes out, he's actually 45, I think, probably. But four, I'll take four. I just take the year and add the year. That's yeah. fine. So yeah, so like, you know, um, I was surprised he was that young. Yeah. Mm. He's supposed to be this, like the most distinguished guy ever who's in a 30 year career. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. like, were you 16? <laughs> were you really? He like, was in that's the how good he was. That's how good he how much he cares about his <laughs> yeah. country. So, um, best moment, best element of the film, Liam? Um, best moment, best element. I like the 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 standoff with um, Connery and Ed Harris in the yard. I like that. Okay, that's a nice little because uh, that's two that's two guys peacocking really, and being like, I'm not worried. I'm here with you guys, Connery wise, and uh, Ed Harris going well. You know, at the end of the day, this is going to go one way. Yeah, and neither of them backing down. Okay, uh, Ethan. Nice. Uh, all the like, the back and forth between Connery and uh, I was about to say Crow. <laughs> you know who I'm? The Cage, Nicholas Cage. <laughs> I was about to say Neil Diamond. I what? don't know why. <laughs> all right. I'm losing it today. The back and forth between them is so fun, and I re- like it's the fun. high point of this film for me because okay. it really goes like the campiness and like Bay esque stuff that I want, which is just it's bad boys. It's bad boys again. It is, it is. Uh, I'm going to go for, it's that last shot, isn't it? On top with the green smoke yeah. and, the, and the planes going overhead. That is amongst the coolest is shots that, in, cool. in the history of film. It's just 
I'd say effortlessly cool, but it's not effortlessly mm-hmm. done. It's it's a great amount of attention it went to, nice. but it looks so cool. It does. So I'll go with that. Uh, a grumble, a grumble. I've got one. Um, my grumble um, is how the bad guys didn't shoot Cage when they come down and spoke to him. Okay, so just you couldn't suspend your disbelief on that one. No, at the All end right. of the day, they've been shown to be killing these people. Yeah. He's in within sight. Yeah. He's took him by surprise. Take him out. Yeah, good shout. Ethan? For a film that's as, like, and I keep saying campy and fun and just schlocky, the exposition scenes feel like they're ripped out of a completely different <sighs> film. Like, Every- all that stuff in, in, like, the, I was going to say, like, the FBI building. Yep. I don't Let's care. get in the corridor and say yeah. how good Mason is. Then we'll yeah. get in the corridor and say how good Hummel is. Then we'll get in the <laughs> corridor. Oh, jeez. Like, you can totally have it be the same tone, and it's just the same sort of quick cuts, like, some sort of joke. It would it would work for this film, like, how over-the-top it is and balls to the wall. I would totally be okay with them, like, just shooting their shit in the FBI building, because it works for this yeah. kind of film. But it, it just it doesn't feel like the same thing. It's too serious. You might think my issue might be Nicolas Cage's world most, world's most boring man. <laughs> <laughs> I did cross my mind. Yeah. You might think my issue might even be the 45 minutes we spend not checking on, on Ed Harris. Oh, uh, you'd be wrong about that. My yeah. my my biggest issue with this film is the last twenty minutes. Yeah, we had a cool graphic visual that I really like, but everything after Hummel dies is just kind of oh yeah, true. And so we end up with this like minor group of characters who I don't care enough about Discount Lieutenant Dan to see yeah. him as the big bad in the movie. Mm. And then the airstrike, I'm like, okay, I've seen Outbreak. You know what? Like, I, I think Outbreak came first. And I'm just like, but it's this idea of one more thing. Oh, now one more thing. And yeah. state? No, not really. Overstayed is welcome. <laughs> yeah, just overstayed. It's welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's no reason why you couldn't have the shot with him with the green uh, smoke and they fly overhead. And that's the, that's the end. Wasn't it orange smoke? No, they said when you see green smoke, oh, stop. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So there's no reason that couldn't have been the last shot without the, oh, whoopsie, I've dropped one. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. It didn't get anybody. Maybe Stanley. Like, yeah, I, at least yeah. it's, didn't, it just overstayed its welcome on a couple of occasions. It did, it did. And you could have had a couple more minutes for however you wanted to wrap this up, whether it's a scene with Sean Connery or, 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 or whatever it is. Like you said, I'd like to have seen um, Sean Connery with his daughter. Yeah. Just a scene. No, no, no dialogue. Just a scene that's get, sitting together. She gets a postcard. Yeah. From somewhere. Or something. And, and, and we know because of some line that's been said earlier. Yeah. Because it shows us that she, that, that wasn't just posturing, that there was a tie-in with that. Yeah. Because we see, we see uh, Stanley get married. Yeah. Let's see something that suggests they've got a relationship. Yeah. Whatever mm. it might be. Maybe it's just two plane tickets that land in the mail for her to go to Edinburgh. And we go, okay, Scotland, we know what this is. Nice, Some line of dialogue to set that up. And then we know she's going to visit him. And, th- and that'd be good. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So that, that's, that's my issue with the film there. Anybody's best role ever? Oh, no. No. It's, okay. What's Cage better in? He's been so recent. Difficult. Like, the thing. I don't think Cage is... Cage isn't great in this. I think yeah. Cage is good in this because it's not all about him. Yeah, maybe. So, like, well, he's is, he, pretty, is he pretty good in Face Off? Face Off. What, when he and John Travolta are both doing Nicolas yeah, Cage impressions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's funny. <laughs> I, I won't disagree, but it's like, yeah. how cagey do you want your Nick Cage? Yeah, yeah. And true. if it's all the way, then yeah, that's the movie for you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it qualifies. Does it? <laughs> it does. Every oh. time you tell me this, it hurts my soul just a little bit it does more. It blows my mind. Uh, what else? Uh, there's, you know, 
I like Con Air. It's not as good. There's no way that it's no, better no, than no, this. No, Con Air. Snake, I like Snake Eyes. It's not this good. Lord of War. Lord of War is a nice slow burn, especially for Nick Cage. Oh, okay. What was that other one? Wind Talkers? Oh, didn't see that one. No. It Could Happen to You? It Could Happen. Oh. That's a nice little movie. It's a lovely little movie. With Rosie Perez. Yeah. yeah. And Bridget Fonda. Is that who it is? Yeah. Oh, I love Bridget Fonda. That's a great, that's a nice little movie. It's a great little So, movie. yeah, not bad. Not bad. But I would, if you had to force me, I might say Face Off is better than this. I I think so. If you had to. I don't yeah. know there's a big one I'm missing, but yeah. Face Off is fun. That's the thing. Face Off like, also is this. It, but like throughout, there's nothing that like, start, to be fair, it's been like five years since I've seen it. But still, I feel Face Off is just more, more Nicolas Cage. Hmm. <sighs> Ed Harris, what are you doing? Uh, Truman Show. Oh, he's good in that. He's good in Truman Show. He's good, yeah. Uh, if I could go see, which I don't, I don't see, because TV's different because you can craft it over many, many times. Westworld yeah. is great in it. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. But uh, Ed, Ed Harris, I think I would go with this. Or even Apollo 13. He's Apollo really 13. good in Apollo 13. Yeah, he's my favorite In Apollo a really 13. controlled r- performance. Yeah. So... Uh, this say. might be the most interesting character he plays. I think I prefer him in those two other films. Yeah. 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 Okay. But it, it's splitting hairs. He's great. He is. Uh, Sean Connery. I prefer him in Last Crusade. Yeah. I do. I, I love even, Last even Entrapment. He's great Entrapment. It's a fun little sexy it crime. You know, talk about the age game in that. Good shade. Wow. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, let's talk about the critics really quickly, Ethan, shall we? Yeah. So, firstly, we have... Uh, you know, the same that we usually do, if I can get this up. So we've got uh, John Ferguson from Radio Times who says, Neither is cartoonish as Conair, nor as sentimental as Armageddon. This most satisfying of blockbuster movies deserves further kudos for establishing Nicolas Cage as one of Hollywood's unlikeliest action heroes and gives it a four out of five. Well, there you go. Yeah. And then we get uh, Desson Thompson from the Washington Post that says, Even for adults, the f- movies are violence, intoxicated, far-fetched, morally corrupt drama that sinks like... Uh, you know, it gives it a two out of five. <laughs> wow. And wow, then yeah. our I favorite friend, Roger Ebert. Eeps. Eeps. He says, a first rate slam bang action fl- uh, thriller with a lot of style and no little humor and gives it a 3.5 out of four stars. No, that's yeah. not too bad. That's not too shabby. Actually, I haven't given any thought to my ranking yet. So there we go. Mm. No, I haven't. Uh, I'm panicking, realizing that I didn't set the computer up, and that meant, oh wait, I've got to read people's tweets. So I'm doing it off the phone. Uh, I'm at one yeah. percent. So we'll see how this goes. Ooh, Ooh. Uh, <laughs> friend of the podcast, Dwayne Smith. Dwayne, Dwayne Smith. <laughs> you thought you were going to share that? No, oh, I was, was going to go with Dwayne, and I thought he was going to go with Smith. That's a lot of without yeah. any sort of coaching. That's a lot of stuff. But so, <laughs> I have not seen this. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm willing to bet Scott Sean Connery's a Scottish accent and Nicholas Cage has some funny lines oh and there's a rock yeah you're probably right yeah you're not wrong uh, Russell says though it features one of my least favorite actors of all time in Connery ooh that's a hot take wow. this is Bay's most entertaining film and one of the best of the 90s it was also one of the first movies my wife and I saw when we started dating she said she enjoyed it so she knew I was a keeper so I knew she was a keeper sorry oh, there you nice. uh, Ed from the Film Effect podcast says The Rock is a film that I admire so much for his insanity and Bayhem 
if you will. <laughs> first of all, my uncle back in late 96, when it first came out on those VHSs. Hey, kids, remember those? I'm really happy to hear you guys are covering this. Can't wait to listen. Carlos says, I'll just say this is easily Bay's best and a lot of fun, despite the excesses before diverting my attention to how great Ed Harris is in this. Yes. He takes what could have been a formulaic, thankless villain role and adds a tragic pathos to it that makes it perfect. Julene says, yes, you had me at Connery, but had to throw in Cage and its BFE content. Hey. everything on this is bf content, <laughs> yes is the correct answer i just want to hear one of you say i give this movie insert number here gooey balls <laughs> gooey. she says toxic balls could work too <laughs> all right well, well, okay <laughs> paul and griff says it's a grunge thing the rock is peak cage connery being bond again just about the name love mm-hmm. this film and cage on his knees with flares in the air is visually stunning i fully agree film rage says it's a good <laughs> uh it goes down in the pm more of a line welcome to rock i'd like to controversially say is iconic i know others would disagree but i can't even look at anything to do with alcatraz without hearing that like in sean connery's voice i'll agree oh she meant lying not like she did say like it wasn't my mistake uh, um salt and burn this pod says stanley's not a very good swimmer i mean he can't even snorkel we love this revelation about the reluctant hero and finally film floggers i'm assuming it's ben since fiona does not have twitter says we are bigging the rock up this morning on our recording of the island hey well done you yeah. potentially the bay's finest work well apart from pain and gain of course pain and gain and apparently there's a tweet here as a gif of i'm big i'm hot by marky mark Wahlberg. i've never seen pain and gain and don't see that changing any time so uh, let's go ahead and just go what is our ratings what is our ratings as we predict one last thing one last criticism from one last critic different Ed Harris had issues with the character of General Hummel. Go on. He felt the sympathy he had for the character felt at odds with Hummel's threat of devastating an entire city. There was a lot of gray area, said Bay, and it wasn't fully explored in the movie. So maybe they both are in agreement with that. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of gray area. So, um, such is. Such a good guy. Why would you want to take hostages? Why would you want to hurt people? Yep. So it is that That's time. A lot to put on a bluff, Do you want to hurt people with your rating, though, Liam? So, what are you giving this out of ten? I really love this movie, but it's not a best film ever movie. Yep. So I'm going to give this seven cell block doors shut. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were like cell block tangos or something like that. <laughs> um, or or what did somebody say earlier? Flares in the air. Flares in the air? <laughs> Seven flares in the air. <laughs> All right. Uh, Ethan. This is a fun movie that does not make it a good movie. Uh, um, I really enjoy it, and I would totally go back and watch this when I was like, a little bit drunk. Uh, I, I completely acknowledge that. But, like, after everything else, the uh, I just see this as, like, a five and a half as a, wow, as a wow. cabans. Out of, out of 10. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Someone, Alca- I, I think Ethan's taking out the fact he can't say Alcatraz out of this movie. He is, yeah. isn't he? I even, I even messed up my own joke. There we go. I'm going to rock the... <laughs> rock. Hey. I'm going to rock the boat on this one and say, um, I have the same feeling about this I do about Shrek. This wow. is a good, fun movie. It is. Mm. 
I, I had so much fun watching this film. Uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense uh, in certain... Like, it's not overarching character development or story. It doesn't have to. Right. And it's it's set pieces. This is different from Mission Impossible in the sense that Mission Impossible was set pieces that felt like it didn't have any string of a story. It said something yeah, it around is. it that, that lined it all up. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of fun. It's got some great visual things, lines I can quote back and forward. I could have done without the, the, the minecart fight. I feel that, that went weird. on a little bit yeah, long. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the third act needs some work but still you want to talk about fun actions from the 90s i'm all over this and i give this uh i'll do this eight toxic balls out of wow. ten eight. wow nice. yeah i got no problem with that uh no, that, no, no, that actually puts it right up there with like days of thunder for me yeah and you know what and me about the same yeah about the same i would give this kind of a similar sort of rating as far as i i'd be yeah i toyed with seven seven and a half and i just thought you know yep. it's difficult right because you go into a movie that you've seen before and i was going to give it a higher rating but when you watch it with a different eye and you're taking all these different bits out and you're saying all these other different things and you kind of, like you've said to me before, the compass of, you know, best film ever, this is never going to be a best film ever. Well, it's just a fun little movie. It's a fun little movie. And that's, and that's what it is. It's an eight. For me, that's enough. Eight, eight yeah. it's probably it's where no, these sorts of movies hit their head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no more than an eight. It's a great action film. And yeah, that's yeah, probably yeah. where a great action film tops out for me. Yeah, yeah, Eight. Yeah. yeah. Um, outside of that you have to be almost like it's kind of like when I, The Dark Knight it's a comic book movie but it's more than a comic book That's movie more, you know what I mean yeah, 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 like yeah. this isn't more of an action movie it's just a really good action movie yeah, and yeah. so therefore an 8 kind of yeah. where I feel it hits its head cool, cool. you know it's a really good movie yeah. I'm not going to say it's one of the true greats of cinema. No. But it's a really good <laughs> yeah. movie. Just like a Shrek. I thought it was a really fun time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't the, feel it's one of the like, greats of cinema. This is the thing. For the low ranking I gave it, I had a great time and I was so fun. I just don't think it's good which is the it's there's some, the thing to like there are some surprisingly really yeah. good shots in this mm. some of the cinematography is actually really quick the score Hans Zimmer's the great in this good yeah uh, Sean Connery plays this part where he needs to play this part and he's making an action movie he knows what he's doing that's it I mean, and he, but the only thing with Connery is he's the same all the way through he's not you never see him get irate no, but I don't think Connery should. He's you so know, controlled. He, he, this is all very, of his training. Very controlled, yeah. Because you need him to be the, the foil, the yeah. foil to, to Nicolas Cage to go, ah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> feel like getting some rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Again. So, uh, I we should see that. We know what we're doing next episode, but let's talk what we're doing next week. Okay, Ooh. so next week we're going back to the future three. We're doing another. <laughs> we're doing another. We're doing another anniversary film. Oh, Ooh. it's that time of year. Ooh. We're doing a thirty-fifth anniversary. Oh, we did the breakfast club last year. This is the other great quintessential John Hughes, 1980s. Is it the best teen film of all time? Sort of nomination. Okay. That's either going to be something like, I can't imagine you picking this. St. Elmo's fire. No, no, no. Oh, 16 candles. Nope. I'm sure it's John Hughes. Oh, 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 oh. Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So we are going to take a look at that. A film told over the story of one day. Ooh. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. So please join us next time when we tackle the John Hughes film, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. For best film ever, I've been Ian. I've been Liam. And I've been Ethan. And catch out all the great content we have here. Don't do anything else wrong in the name of Zeus's butthole. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you next time. We'll catch you on the flippity flip flop.